0: Finally, the Flash review, a bunch of Disney delays, and everything else you need to know about the universes you love. We are back. The Direct Podcast, episode 32. Here we go. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the Vengeance. And I am. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome on and welcome to another very special episode of the direct podcast. We're back. I am Matt, your host, the host that is finally in the same state for 2 weeks. It's going to be great. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, which, you know, David, this is this is usually what I do the thing. You know what I mean? When I say all of your incredible titles, teacher mm-hmm. no more. You know, uh, a Floridian, no more. Uh, single Bachelor, one that I say every single time, no more. Ladies and gentlemen, co-host, senior editor, Atlantean, married man, Spider-Man fan, Mr. David Thompson. David, how we living, buddy?
1: I'm living good, man. Uh, like you said, thank you. Uh, the shout out for uh, being a senior editor now at the direct.com. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I moved, left my teaching job. We're now living here in Atlanta, just moved this past weekend. Um, and I'm very excited to start this new chapter working full time with the direct. Uh, it's going to open up a lot of things, I think, for this podcast, um, as well as just, you know, advancing my career in journalism and devoting all my time to uh, the wonderful website, thedirect.com. But it's exciting, man. It, it's cool. Um, kind of going Spider-Man 2 here, right? When you're like teacher no more. it's like, man spider-man yeah. no more uh, uh like crazy <laughs> yeah I, I still it's funny i i gave out uh, to a couple of my students my number um before leaving because just cool. the ones that wanted to reach out or you know just check in on me or me, me other way around check in on them and it's funny they've been texting me a couple of times and one was very excitedly showing me how he got like the remastered version of spider-man on the computer you know the pc yeah. version i'm like yeah man this is awesome so it's it's cool i, I still am I feel like uh I still feel like a teacher in times just cuz I still have those connections out there but it's this new chapter is very exciting. It's great being married so far. Um and yeah, life's good, man. I'm happy to be back. By the way, shout out Richard Nevins. Last week you guys held it down. Great episode.
0: We did our best, man. That 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 was that was a movie, you know what I mean? Cape wit, saw, Concord. You would have loved it a one bumblebee moment in that movie. I know for a fact, I know mm-hmm. for a fucking fact, you know what I mean? But I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to miss that. Last time we were here, David, we were talking Spider-Man across yeah. the Spider-Verse. We were talking the universe, the multiverse, the Spider-Verse today. We're talking the flash today. We're talking a bunch of Disney delays and everything else you need to know real quick uh, before we dive into everything. I'm just going to do this off the top. Um, of course, um, for the past couple weeks, or a week and a half, whatever it might be, uh, Tano Huerta who plays Namor in Black Panther O'Connor Forever, has been accused of um, some pretty serious and violent, I should say, uh, allegations, sexual abuse, emotional abuse with a woman he has had a relationship with. Um, Tano almost instantly came out on social media and refuted all of these claims, uh, said everything that happened was consensual and that nothing was uncouth. Um, so much like the Jonathan Major situation, which I think it's I think it's noteworthy to say Jonathan Major still has not made a statement since his accusations to No almost immediately got out himself and said something um, just like that. We will give updates when it impacts the universes we talk about when those updates happen. Um, but obviously, you know, read what you got to read think what you got to think but we will not be talking about it until there is something to talk about much like the jonathan major situation and um also you know i'm gonna give this just a couple more seconds david i know you might be a little embarrassed today i don't give a fuck um (laughs) senior senior editor on the direct.com congratulations to you man that is something that i i could have seen coming for the last year year and a half you know what i mean ever since you really started diving more into the editing side of things. I remember when you became an editor, you're a Gen 2 direct baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. Like you are a second wave director. And and when you became an editor, it was a big deal. You, were, I, think, I think, I don't want to put Klein out in the woods here. You may have been the first Gen 2 direct employee to become an editor instead of a writer that wasn't hired as such. Um, and here you are, senior editor, working full time, I can't wait to see what that means for you. I can't wait to see what that means for this podcast. Um, I feel like we were at our best when uh, you were subbing and I was working, uh, you know, not so much with Action Network and, you know, we were really rocking that um, Obi-Wan uh, and or She-Hulk era of this mm-hmm. podcast. And I can't wait to get back to those nine wheels turning. I know I've said this a couple of times, guys, we got big things coming for the director. We cannot wait to show off what the back half of this year Looks like with a few less reviews, a couple of promotions out of the way, a move, a marriage, another move. I still got another one to do, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. But, you know, that's enough of that. I miss you, buddy. I'm, I'm glad that we're back on this one. And we got a lot to talk about. So let's dive into it. Everything you need to know about the universes you love. Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. Schedule changes, delays. We're back. It's 2020 again, and we don't know when movies are coming out. No, it's not that serious. Um, But who Hollywood Reporter?
1: Yeah, I think a Hollywood Reporter first uh, came out with this.
0: Hollywood Reporter, the the fine people over there and the Boris Kivital. He has come out and he has revealed a new Disney slate uh, for the foreseeable future. Pretty much for the next two to three to four years of Disney movies. Everything got adjusted a little bit. Some movies got pushed back. Some movies got pushed forward. And uh, so we're going to talk about the Marvel ones right here. We'll then talk about Star Wars ones a little later in the news section. And then Avatar got a lot of movement as well. David, do you think, just off the top, do you think we will be reviewing Avatar 5 together?
1: Avatar 5, is that what they're they're getting all the way up to? Um, 2031. I hope so. I I certainly hope so. (laughs) That's what? Oh, I can't do math. Eight years. Eight years.
0: Eight years. Jeez. <laughs> Lord willing, we'll have some kids running around. Maybe our kids could review it. You yeah. I'm saying? Awesome. Maybe that's the move. That'd be great. Maybe that's the move. But let's stick here. Let's stick with the red brand. We're here at Marvel. The MCU slate has been changed. Pretty much every single movie was pushed back into whatever the next slot was for a lot of these movies, Um, except for one. And we're going to start there because after the Marvels, I think this is the next movie to come out, right? It
1: is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the Marvels comes out in November. It's very exciting. We're all very excited for it. And then next May, Deadpool 3. It has been moved up from November 2024 to May 3rd, 2024. And if you don't know the news, you're thinking, well, Matt, what the hell? I thought Captain America New World Order was supposed to come out May 3rd, 2024. No, no. Captain America New World Order is not a movie they're making anymore. They will be making Captain America Brave New World, and that has been pushed to July 2024. And then it goes on like that. Thunderbolts was supposed to come out in July, comes out December 24. Blade, again, gets pushed, uh, was supposed to be September 24, now coming out February 25. The Fantastic Four was supposed to be February 25, now coming out May 25. And then the David Thompson prophecy. The the call your <laughs> shot moment. You've called many shots on this podcast, David, and a lot of them have been right. Some of them have been wrong. Shout That's true. Bur- Shout out Little Mermaid. It wasn't that bad, right? Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. That's a tough couple weeks. Uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty has been moved from May 2025 to May 2026, a full year back. And it has replaced Secret Wars, which is, also been pushed a full year to May 2027. Just like you predicted, both movies got pushed an entire year. You got yeah. that exact. You you I, I'm pretty sure you said Kang's gonna be where Secret Wars is and Secret Wars is going to be that next summer, summer in 2027. Yeah. Makes all the sense in the world, especially mm-hmm. with you know what Kang is nowadays. Um and so To fill that out a little bit, there's going to be a lot more movies announced in between those. Uh, Probably six or seven movies are going to come out in between Fantastic Four and Secret Wars. All that being said, Deadpool moves up; everything else moves back a slot. David, your thoughts?
1: I have a couple initially. So I think immediately this tells me that Brave New World. They're thinking this might take longer post production. Look. Right now, just for everyone out there, Deadpool 3 and Brave New World, the, those are the only two movies on this slate that are actively filming. You know, they, they have begun actually filming the movies. Um, I do want to just point out, I think a part of all of this is the whole Writer's Guild strike. Um, I think it's a big thing that we're seeing. in Disney was honestly just Disney is the company that throws out all these dates and we can read about all these dates. And then later they shift around. This guild, this strike, and there's even talk of like an actor's uh, guild strike happening. That would can, that would affect it even more. There's some people out there that are very doomsday about the writer's strike. Not in the sense that this is going to make everything terrible, but everything's going to get delayed more significantly than we even think right now. Right. That these could even get it could even get worse, essentially. And maybe it's not the MCU because so much money and effort goes into these. And it's such a machine but other projects out there. Um on this though, it shows me they're more confident in Deadpool 3 than Brave New World. Um just in the sense that that May slot for the MCU, that is the marquee money making slot, right? It was Guardians this year, last year what was it? Um May 2022. Oh, Multiverse of Madness, of course. Um which did bonkers um to open up after No Way Home. So anyway, that is their main slot and they're giving it to Deadpool 3. We were just having a conversation um some people at the direct just recently about basically what could be billion dollar movies coming up. You know, it's a very uh buzzword almost out there about the box office. Like, what could make a billion dollars? You know, it doesn't happen all the time. Jurassic Park World or Jurassic World or whatever made it like made a billion dollars recently um last year. Deadpool 3 is one of those movies, right? Captain America I don't think it is one of those movies. So for me, as someone who loves the box office and is interested in this, I think that's a great strategy. I also it also seems like they feel like Deadpool 3, I mean, they they scooted Deadpool 3 up significantly, six months, you know? And that just gleams confidence in whatever that project is. And there's a lot of rumors going around about what really that movie is going to be about, but Deadpool 3 is going to be an insane, insane hit. And I think they kind of wanted to push that forward to the more marquee spot to really make it this big knockout of the park home run. Brave New World I'm so excited about. Um, It is going to be, I think, kind of weird. Thunderbolts felt like a summer flick to me. And now it's in that Christmas spot. Um, So we'll see, you know, but everything else made sense. We'll see if Blade is ever made. Honestly, Um, I'm not convinced that movie is ever going to come out. Um, considering the fact that, Matt, 2025 is now six years after its... I mean, it will be less than six meet, six years, but over five years, well over five years after its announcement at Sindio Comic-Con 2019. Fantastic Four is coming. That date's never really mattered because it's a, it's a brand new project. But once again, Fantastic Four now gets that marquee May date, which makes sense to me. Look, everyone knew... Forget the writer's strike for a second. Everyone knew... Coming out of phase four, the MCU needed to slow down and spread out a little bit. And that's all we're seeing here. And that's fine. Don't freak out. To me, honestly, not to force my friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in here. To me, this shows that we can get him before Avengers. And we and we're going to. I, I think Spider-Man is gonna come out. They put that date, speaking of another date, they put that date in June uh 2025. It's like it's like two weeks after Superman legacy. And holy shit! Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> um, I can't hear you. By the way,
0: no, I can't imagine that. That would be bananas. It would, like, be, that would be nuts. This podcast
1: would be going crazy. Um, anyway, it'd be the best month of our lives. It like, really would.
0: Ah, we just got Guardian Spider Verse back to back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it get better
1: than that. Yeah. And but that I mean, those weren't even that was a month apart. This would be two Mm -hmm. weeks apart. It would be be we go see Superman legacy, talk about that for two weeks Mm -hmm. or even a week. And then it's the week build up to a Spider-Man Four with Tom Holland. Unbelievable that I think that will stick, though, in the sense that this is Avengers is going to be pushed way back now to 2026. We'll get Spider-Man before and go from there. And I think Fantastic Four opening a whole year now before King Dynasty, which wasn't didn't used to be the plan. That's one little important note I want to throw out there to people. Fantastic Four was supposed to be like two, three months before mm-hmm. King Dynasty. Now it's a full year, and yeah. they have all these other untitled Marvel movies in between. So I think this plan is looking better now. As a consumer, patience is a virtue. Like there is a sense of it's like God, this these were coming out a lot sooner before, you know. Um, but now we're gonna have to wait. But I think I think it'll
0: hopefully will be worth that wait. And. I want to touch on a lot of points you made that last one, though. I feel like this is what Disney Plus can do for us here. Like, these are more spread out than they have in the last three years. This is something we're not as used to. Again, forever granted. We lost a year of COVID, so they had to play catch up. You know what I mean? That that had to happen. That's what your five movies in a year was. Um, but right. even with that, all the Disney Plus, all the movies that come out after that. I think this is where Disney Plus can, like, you know, scratch our itch, so to speak, as we get to the next movie. Working backwards on this schedule, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, all coming out in congruent maze, 25, 26, 27. Cool. Huge Civil War, um, Infinity War, end game vibes there mm-hmm. and you know throw a ragnarok and if you want to do the phase three thing because civil war started phase three but that that's really what it feels like you know the fantastic four will be avengers 3.5 to some extent to yeah, some and that, extent not, and
1: that's like phase six in a sense you know exactly
0: exactly yeah not the same way civil war was but that really feels like what that's what they're going for here and i love that i love right i love that idea i always have loved that idea I love mm. it more now that we're in the David Thompson model where it's a little further out, and I'm gonna call it that. I like Thompson from model. day fucking one, dude. You said it's gonna be three years apart. Well, it was always and bullshit. If you think I about know. it, too, it's, it's speci- <laughs> it eight especially eight months.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially the the secret wars coming out in like November of 2025 or whatever mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. What was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah never, no, that, it
0: was May November. February, i don't even know May, why, november
1: i honest to god i don't even know why they put that up on the board like why did they even set that precedent and it, it lasted like a week it felt like mm-hmm. until they went oh it's gonna come out the next year and now that now add a whole other year to that so i think it's silly by the way just on this once again i love love schedules love dates <laughs> great time <laughs> but it's getting so nauseating how much they change i try to tell people it's like Take everything with a grain of salt. Take all of these with a grain of salt. I would say, honest to God, beyond Deadpool three, nothing else is safe. I think it's the only one that's safe because it scooted, it moved forward six months. That's such that is such confidence in that film. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a part of that confidence, just to go all the way back to the top of Deadpool three, think about what that movie is. And Deadpool two came out in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. What a year. The best year. Um the best year. Um that came out in 2018. Deadpool 3 was supposed to come after that. That, that I mean that, they were going to make another one of those. Those movies made a lot of money. Um but obviously the Fox Disney thing stopped all of that. I feel like that script has really been marinating for a while. Like they had that script ready and rolling in the 2019-2020 range. Um, you know, they they were probably looking to release that film if they had all their druthers in 2020, 2021. And I feel like right. maybe that was a really good script to start. And it hasn't had a lot of editing since, which, uh, you know, can be seen as a good thing, can be seen as a bad thing. It's definitely been rewritten, but like, you know, just to fit the new context of the MCU. I feel like Deadpool three is the least affected by the Rider strike just because that's a movie they've been sitting on for a long time. Them mm. being Fox studios and now Disney and probably going to be more of a universal uh, Hulu situation. Um, right. Which is great, which is fine. Um, so that's, I, that's where I see the confidence. I see the confidence in the script with Deadpool three, just because every other script is kind of in limbo right now with the writer's strike. Brave new world, Thunderbolts, those being moved back a slot, I'm I, I'm not even going to worry about dates because, like you said, they could all change. But the slot in which they moved back, mm-hmm. that that feels to me like that is the most MCU story back to back on this list. Like the Marvels Brave New World Thunderbolts, I feel like that's going to be our setting up Avengers run because Guardians wasn't Ant Man Quantumania didn't end up being it should have been but it, it was wasn't. supposed to be right um and all these things i feel like the marvels brave new world thunderbolts that's going to be a three that we're going to look at as setting up the earthbound avenger stuff along with secret evasion and all the disney plus shows that we don't know when they're coming out you know like for sure yet you yeah know i mean like Ironheart's going to get in there and play around miss marvel is going to come back in the marvels what's well, her disney plus future Etc. Right. Blase Blase. Um, so with all these scheduling shifts, I'm excited about it. Dave is excited about it. We don't know how much of this is gonna stick, but I I can't get over the Fantastic Four Kang Dynasty Secret Wars back to back to back. I love that and I'm really excited for it. And I think Disney Plus is gonna benefit from this as well. Speaking of the Mickey Mouse streaming app, the house of mouse, we got them, ladies and gentlemen. We got them. The Incredible Hulk has been officially released on Disney+. And shortly after that, the reports came a-flying. Disney's got their boy back. The Incredible Hulk is back in the Mm -hmm. Disney brand. Um, The rights deals, I guess, have been resolved. I haven't done a lot of research on it. It's rumors, it's reports. The movie being on Disney+, Plus really makes it feel like that's the case. We have Comic-Con in July, David.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of... I haven't really read anything that's super official, seems permanent in the sense that The Incredible Hulk's rights have really gone back to Disney. Because honestly, from my understanding, I don't really know why they would all of a sudden. I guess maybe there was a timeline on it. But Universal has very idly watched Disney play with the Hulk for years now. Um, it's not like a Sony Spider-Man situation. It's very interesting, kind of a complicated um, rights deal, I I suppose. And I don't know why Universal would necessarily just let the Hulk just go back to Disney, which I guess is kind of my bigger point in that. However, yeah, it is cool seeing Incredible Hulk on Disney Plus. Um these streaming deals are kind of all over the place though. You know, like for instance, I, I think it was Universal um that that produced or yeah, that distributed the Incredible Hulk in two thousand eight. Funny enough, it's always funny when you watch Iron Man by the way mm-hmm. and it's paramount. paramount.
0: And it's like, what? It gets me me every single time. I swear to God, one
1: time I was watching and I'm like, is this like a is this like a fake version or something? Is like some like uh like pirated version?
0: I accidentally turned on wild America. Like is that what happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um anyway, it's just interesting because you see, like now we're gonna have um Spider Man movies on Disney Plus, even though it's Sony. So that part it's cool but you never know with these streaming deals they, they're so complicated and they can have two movies on at the same time meaning uh, on the same different streaming services at once like the way of water right now is on max and on Disney plus which is pretty interesting apparently though the rest of them will only go to Disney plus just a note on that um, mm-hmm. I will not be watching the incredible Hulk on Disney plus because that movie is just ser- simply okay to me um, <laughs> okay all right I like that movie <laughs> It's fine. I just don't have any. I. I honestly, I think because it's been such a forgettable movie. Maybe I guess Brave New World. Um, there'd be some lead up to that because that sure. does have a lot of, um, Hulk. I guess elements to it. I mm-hmm. specifically, but Harrison Ford's obviously not in the Incredible Hulk, but Thunderbolt Ross. Um, is going to well, be a key yeah. thing. <laughs> um, of course, and yeah, I think San Diego Comic Con. If Marvel Studios has a big presence there, which honestly, right now. I don't think there's any announcements, but I would be surprised if Marvel really has this like big Hall H panel at the moment, just because last year they did everything like that and just set themselves up for all these delays we just talked about. But uh, we'll see. I do think, God, do I hope he is back at Disney and then they can even treat the character better with a solo film, which Mm -hmm. Disney could kind of use right now. I think it would be a good, nice swing of the bat hit Mm -hmm. to have a Hulk movie um, worldwide in theaters because without you know right now we don't have iron man you know stuff like that there's kind of losing characters we have a new captain america um mm-hmm. thor we don't know the future of black widow seems to be done stuff like that so i think a hulk a very popular very kind of legacy marvel character mount rushmore awesome.
0: marvel character i would say
1: absolutely i yeah. mean he was one of the, obviously that's kind of why he's sat universal one of the most most valuable characters uh when marvel was going bankrupt and that's kind of the that, that's basically where you should look in terms yeah. of who was popular, who was <laughs> valuable, you know, and that's what's amazing with the MCU is that they used the characters that were left over, quote unquote, and made the MCU. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. Um, we'll see. I do hope we get a Hulk movie announcement. I hope it is honestly one of those untitled dates that's out yeah. there right now. That would be amazing and, and fit into all of this Avengers craziness.
0: Right. Yeah. And it really would, going back to Brave New World, Thunderbolts, the Marvels, it really would kind of keep that track going of, you know, our non-cosmic heroes. It's been a minute. It's been a while. Like, I know Doctor Strange isn't cosmic, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't Captain America. You know, that wasn't Iron Man, you know, what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, Mark Ruffalo becomes a favorite to appear at San Diego Comic-Con in July. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to have like a huge, massive panel, but I could see a couple one-two jabs. They got to cast these Fantastic Four characters before. I mean, it's already out of hand and it's snowballing. And, you know, like they need Pom- that Pompeii is coming. Um, it's already I think it's already here, but like they got to get it out of the way sooner rather than later, because like the more they wait, the more people are just going to be upset that it's not the person they picked. The, that That's just going to keep happening. And I think yeah. that plus a Hulk announcement. I think could really and then and then, you know, Deadpool footage, maybe, maybe that kind of mm. thing. But um, a Deadpool yeah. panel
1: would really be cool.
0: And, and, and it would crush beyond. I know this is so weird to say it would crush beyond the MCU. What with it being the the remnants of X-Men. I you know, love the,
1: Sorry, I was going to jump in on Comic-Con. I love when they have the panels of um casts that are currently filming. You know, they did that with uh, I think Guardians One. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like right before they started filming, and it's like so cool. It just feels very energetic and like in the moment. You know, because they're all like, I think Eternals was like that yeah, too, where it was. was like, yeah, like we're we're living this, we're right having now, fun, so, yeah, like the excitement feels, I think, more genuine than when they are like in the midst of creating something.
0: It's when they showed the very classic "Hooked on a Feeling" trailer for Guardians One. The ah, uh, yeah. So good. Um, so that's the hulk I I'm putting Mark ruffalo as my favorite to appear at Comic Con. I'm putting Adam Driver new. out there. Okay. All right. So there we go. Now we're we'll playing again <laughs> Um, the last little bit of Marvel news before we move on. David was not here to talk about the box office for Across the Spider-Verse last week. Me and nebbins covered it briefly, but we wanted to get David's thoughts on his character, his niche uh, or a. you're a senior editor now, buddy. you beat uh the box office. Um across the spider-verse. Opened at 120 million, three times as much as into the Spider-Verse opened with. And it sits today, the year of our Lord Taylor Swift, June 19, 2023, currently at 500 million worldwide. We're here on a Juneteenth holiday. So it's it's going to coast into Monday, I believe. Um, and we are here at 500 million. David, is this what are your just overall thoughts on 120 opening? Five hundred million worldwide right now. It's it's owning the box office.
1: Yeah, I would say the opening blew me away. Um, I even had it as at a lower note number. I think you you really 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 can't understate how big of a number that is for an animated movie and not a Disney animated movie, a Sony Animation Spider Verse film. What's so cool about this movie is that the first one was a success, but it was more of a critical success than a massive mm-hmm. box office success. Well, it, did, it did well, um, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, it wasn't Aquaman where it's like that movie was OK, but it made a billion dollars somehow. It was a this movie is S tier. Everyone loves it. It's like number one on people's letterboxd, but it made a good amount of money and it definitely warranted a sequel. This one, however, is both um, across the Spider-Verse is a massive critical success. Everyone's loving it, whoever's seen it. And a lot of people have seen it. There was that what's so cool about this and you don't see it often. There was that kind of Marvel buzz to an animated picture, you know, and not an MCU picture, really. Um, Sony, but it's so it's so uniquely its own. You know, I feel like there are there is such a rally behind I think like, the Spider-Verse films because They're both amazing so far in the Spider-Verse and beyond and across the Spider-Verse and people just want to root for these characters and they want to root for this kind of filmmaking too. That's what when I went and saw and talked to some friends afterwards, we had a conversation just about how unique they make these movies and how like the animation style, which you talked about on the obviously on the review um, for across the Spider-Verse people want to get behind that people like how it's unique and different. It's not, illumination it's not pixar it's not disney animation it's not even anime um it's kind of anime ish um but even then it's totally different totally unique and i think people like the idea of it being a spider-man movie right because spider-man at this point is just hitting on every and (laughs) at every level you know live action animated video games the last few years for spider-man people feel safe with Spider-Man and they are confident if they go and pay money for a game or to go see a movie in theaters, it will be good. And you can't say that about other comic book characters right now, but you can say that about Spider-Man.
0: Right. And I feel like that's what Jurassic Park is trying to do. Like take that IP and, and, and those movies do nothing but make money. But I think like the idea of it is like it's Jurassic Park. People are going to show up. They're not capitalizing on it. The way Spider-Man continues and never stops capitalizing on it across all mediums.
1: Yeah. And I would I would just say quickly, considering we're already at half a billion, we'll see where this thing goes. Uh, I do think it'll start dying out pretty quickly here. July or sorry, June is just a very busy time Um, and obviously competition. and, And it was also one of those where it had a very, very hot start. And if you get a lot of your money at the opening, that's great, you know. Um, legs are obviously very important, and it has legs, it's doing pretty well overseas as well. Um, but that opening, obviously, if you get a lot of money there, that's just fantastic. Um, I do want to make one note that I think the Spider Verse franchise, and they're going to make three movies, it seems like, and they're going to be done. Lord and Miller are like, We're out, which is fine. I think that's actually perfect, <laughs> especially, the, especially based on how across the Spider Verse ended, leading into Beyond the Spider Verse. I think Spider Verse genuinely is the best thing Sony may have ever done with the character by themselves. Absolutely. Nothing with Tom Holland counts. Not a yeah. single thing. But if you think of the original trilogy, which I love and adore, that was that was safe. That was a Spider-Man. They, they bought the rights. They're going to make a trilogy. Cool. And then they do TASM. Doesn't make a lot of sense. They do it anyway because they need to use the character and they need to make money because he is their cash cow. Then, obviously... Don't don't worry about the MCU for a second. They start doing these Venom movies. Okay, hits, but people are like mixed on them. They're just kind of silly, stupid movies. Now they're expanding with Craven, Madam Webb, and they're, you know, they're trying to make this universe that like Silk Amazon Prime series or whatever the hell. This is how you that. use the character. Think about it. Not the most expensive movies to make. Very expensive animation, obviously. But I think the budget's around $100 million. And the movies made million right now. Critically, it's amazing. Fans love it. It's such a unique way of using all those characters. You know, I feel like the way they use Venom and how they maybe are going to use Craven is just kind of tired. It's like, okay, we're just going to take this character away. They're going to take it away from what makes it cool and do its own little thing. Right. This is intrinsically Spider Man and they don't hide that, you know, and I think that's awesome. And I'm glad that they're being rewarded for that because I think. This creative team is really doing something special. And for Sony, it's making them feel less of Disney's stepchild that owns the rights to the most popular character. Yes. And hey, we actually have this giant hit in our hands in, in these animated films.
0: Yeah, and, and it's like it's not trying to swing for what the MCU has done as far as blockbuster success scale worldwide renown, and all that stuff it's not trying to swing that it's trying to swing in a completely different direction and it's hitting um i know you're less takey than i am when we do this stuff but like if you're if your whole like spider-verse is the best thing sony has done with the spider-man character if you want to consider that a take right the the level i would put that at is like you know when your coffee goes from like hot to warm to ice cold there is no gray area between warm and ice cold yeah ice cold coffee is what that take is i think that is beyond a doubt the best thing sony's done with the character it's not even a question obviously spider-man 1 spider-man 2 forever a a foundational part of my fandom for this Mm -hmm. stuff i love those movies with everything i have these two movies blow them out of the water in a huge way and not the venom stuff's not even in the conversation with half of one of these movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like this is, we're on comic book trilogy watch with this. It's it, This is beyond Sony. We're, we're in dark Knight, Captain America, Spider-Man, no way home guardians territory here. We're here. Right. We've arrived. Like, like it, just like going into guardians three. I, I, I feel like I was pounding the table a little bit harder than a lot of people, but going into guardians three, you know, you were here. I was putting it on trilogy watch for a year before right. that movie came out. I couldn't be more in on the exact same thing across the Spider-Verse. It's and to see it get the success. And you said competition earlier. It's to it's it is redefining what we thought this summer was going to be a little bit. You know, every movie has another huge IP blockbuster coming out right behind it. Tom Cruise is pissed, um, which <laughs> that's that's your studio's fault, Tom. <laughs> like,
1: Tom like Cruise they're not is gonna not going to not make man. the
0: Christopher Nolan movie, like, like you guys should have put it out in. November or May, even you know what I mean. Like it's your studio's fault. Right. But, little spoilers. Every other movie is doing terrible at the box office right now. Not just yeah. bad, terrible. And I think Across the Spider Verse is a huge reason for it. Like I don't. I I think the movies maybe aren't living up to what we thought they were. I didn't see Elemental. We're not going to review it. We saw the Flash instead. Um, but I think Across the Spider Verse is pounding the ceiling of those other movies in a big way and. And to really visualize this analogy, I think it is stomping down on the ceiling of other movies and using that to propel itself 500 million. That's insane. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the three movies that came out after it don't get close. Right. Don't get close.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. And and one other note in the box office really quick. This, just one little thing. I, I talked about how the opening was so great. That 120 million opening weekend. Phenomenal but it, it has he- held well. It, it only had a 54% drop weekend two and it had a 50% drop weekend three, which, which is great. You know, the same weekend that you just said flash elemental came out. It still made almost $30 million to the box office mm-hmm. domestically. And yeah. that's phenomenal. That's that's positive word of mouth. And we are go. I am going to keep saying it ad nauseum. I was just talking to um Liam Crowley shout out uh about this stuff recently. It's like, Word of mouth is just by far and away King since COVID, you know, like you, mm-hmm. and that's why we'll talk, get talk to you later. DC is so screwed. They are beyond beyond screwed. So I can't talk about that in a bit.
0: Cause they had none of it. Like, like, like we've they been talking about of word it. of, we've been talking about word of mouth in a positive light for a lot of these movies lately. John wick, no way home, big one with the word of mouth. Um, uh Spider-Verse Guardians Guardians was an all-time word of mouth uh movie. Um, Absolutely. We've been talking about it positively. It works the other way. And I think we're seeing that in a big way this weekend specifically. Transformers didn't even catch, you know, that much of the brunt of it. And I mean, it's it's not doing great. It, it it's doing fine, right? It yeah, it's you're shrugging your shoulders. It's sure. like, okay, we did can, a Transformers movie.
1: Right. They could keep making these, but we'll see
0: go joe um but i think that it's it's just really cool to see across the spider verse win and also kind of like buck the trend of like this movie this summer is going to cannibalize itself at the box office which well, it, think, is. Yeah, it is it, but it, it, it totally it's is but totally is it's fucking that a little bit
1: absolutely the the good movies are going to float to the top at the, at the end of the day and that's how it's going to remain i would say um yeah i just i agree with what you said The negative word of mouth can't be understated as well. Positive is obviously, I think, more important. But the negative is almost just as more powerful or just just as powerful, I guess.
0: Impactful, I want to say. Impactful. That's a
1: better word. Matters.
0: Um, Much like during a lot of the MCU phase three, it didn't matter because we were showing up (laughs) like we were going to be there. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And it worked um quick sp- moving on to the blue brand moving on to dc quick spoilers for the flash just super quick um annie machete director of the flash and the it franchise which i believe your uh wife loves right yes yeah so you guys and she made guys me watch it machete fans. Oh, i nice. guess so yeah um he has been confirmed to direct batman brave and the bold obviously batman's a big part of the flash so we'll talk more about that later but just real quick your dcu confirmed directors so far james gunn for superman and also the uh creature commando show right yeah um james gunn james mangold (laughs) for the thing and Andy machete for batman brave and the bold the brain trust is forming as we speak moving on to a galaxy far far away star wars um this one is not as clear as the uh, mcu delays but david i can feel i can I could feel your skin itching. I could feel you being uncomfortable with this. May 22nd, 2026. We will get one of our new three star Wars movies, December 18th, 2026. We will get another one. And then the third one coming out the following year, David, your thoughts on uh, two star Wars movies in less than six months in the year 2026. I'm nervous. Now I am excited because (laughs) I have been banging on
1: the table for freaking Star Wars movies to come back because Star Wars has been taken over and just completely engulfed in Disney plus since um, the rise of Skywalker. This will be a seven year break um, between theatrical films. My guess, if I'm going out on a limb here, I'm going to say right now that that may slot is the Ray movie. I'm going to say that the next up slot is what do we have? We have the James Mangold um, origin. And then what's the other one?
0: We got the the Why Sith we... the creation of the, uh, oh, the oh. Jedi one. The Jedi one.
1: No, we have the not. that's what I'm saying. We have the OG Jedi one, the and that is James Mangold. We have the Ray Skywalker continuation movie. Oh, and we have the Mando verse. Mando Avengers.
0: Oh, the Dave Flone movie. The yes. Dave Filoni movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> that just got I me think... excited. I completely forgot.
1: I know. Well, because it's, it's, it's shows that's kind, yeah. of, kind of become a movie. So if I had a prediction, I would say that the, it may is Ray that, that December is the Mando Avengers. And then the following December is the James Mangold. Cause I don't know when James Mangle was making this movie. Honestly, he's a busy right. guy. He's doing swamp thing. We just, we just talked about him. Um, <laughs> uh, He just had he a movie come out or,
0: yeah. or
1: what, what movie did you just make? Um,
0: Mission impossible. Mission impossible. Is he not Mission Impossible?
1: I don't think so. I, I don't know. We're there is some movie that James <laughs> Mangold just made um, that I'm blanking on. Um, I'm on it. Thank you. Um, but that'd be my... Indiana Jones
0: style. Indiana Jones. Tennessee. I was going to say. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> so,
1: ba, ba. Someone's, someone just screamed Indiana <laughs> Jones to listen to this podcast. Thank you out there. Um, It worked. So, yes, he's got Indiana Jones coming out. This guy's a busy, busy man. Um, I'm excited. Star Wars movies are coming back. These dates make sense, I suppose. I'm nervous about two in one year. Two in one year. It's like why? Why not just go 26, 27, 28 December, where it's worked so well, and maybe there's some overlap with Avatar or whatever. And why even go every year? Why are we doing three and like 18 months? What's the deal with that? You don't do it for seven years, and then you're going to come back with three and 18 months. What's the point, Kathleen? Kathy, what's going Kathy,
0: on? Isn't that what got us in trouble in the first place <laughs> was a movie every year. <laughs>
1: I know. It's like you want to kind of just take Solo's post and like shove it in their face and be like, yeah. "Hey, and in the, the box office number and be like, "Hey, remember this? This came mm-hmm. out in May right after what was that? Last Jedi. Um, yeah, and, and, and Last then,
0: Jedi Solo and then yeah.
1: Correct. So, we'll we'll see. Um I'm surprised they are tightening this window by so much, but um I am I am at the very fundamental level Excited that Star Wars is attempting to go back in theaters.
0: And the real reality of it is. uh, What's the earliest one? May 2026. There's so much going on in the universes you love and Star Wars between now and then. Absolutely. It's hard to really get invested into the hows and whys and reasonings behind all that. Like, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't talk about these movies for next six months. Like, right. Like this, this was the big announcement. We're pushing everything back a little bit. Let's let's focus on the TV, you know, while it runs out, like as much as I and I agree with you, I want Star Wars to come back to theaters. I think this Disney Plus thing deserves to run its course and like really get its time in the sun because it has built stuff we've loved. It's yeah. built stuff we've hated, but it's also built stuff we've loved. Um, yeah.
1: Speaking so, of which, yeah. I was going to say that 2026 now, or I guess it could be 2027. That really puts a. Timeline on this Mandoverse, you know, so you you don't you can you don't have to speculate anymore. I would say when it's going to be over or when that movie is going to come out because it's no, it's no coincidence they announced three movies and now there are three dates. So those are going to be the movies. That's I'm sure their plan at least to put those there, and that will mean whatever that means if it's the end, if it's you know that culminating moment for that Disney Plus Ahsoka Mandalorian universe.
0: First Star Wars movie is gonna have to fight with King Dynasty, it looks like.
1: Yeah, it'll be right after.
0: That's not great.
1: Disney's doing (laughs) Disney things, you know. I don't know. I really don't, I don't, I do not understand the May dates. Um, I I do know sometimes Disney just throws out dates there just to kind of put, just just to own them because they're kind of, they're kind of the, I don't know, they're kind of the big man on campus. They really Mm -hmm. can determine. When movies are coming out, you know it's it's not Universal, it's not Paramount, it's not Sony. They work around Disney, and that's kind of why. And that's back to the earlier. That's why Disney puts all these dates out there, especially like freaking Avatar, about to talk about way down there.
0: Yeah, and again, makes it very funny that Tom Cruise is so upset about uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. You guys avoided Disney. Like, what more did you want? there's are yeah. still movies. <laughs> like, and Marvel's Marvel's left July. Yeah, you're gone. You're See ya. Bye. Like, it's funny. Um, 49 minutes into the podcast. Let's briefly go over Avatar. Avatar 3 moved back an entire year to 2025. That makes all the sense in the world to take 11 years to make the second movie and then just two years to make the next one. That didn't make any sense, especially for James Cameron. I don't think we see Avatar 3 until 2027. I really mm-hmm. don't. I think it's pushed back two more years before it comes out because that's what happened in the last one. And I think a big reason for that, they have Avatar 5 slotted for 2031. <laughs> Almost 10 years after the sequel. They have <laughs> they they announced that there's going to be 5, but not for another 15 years. Like yeah. that is
1: and even then it's like 4 is 2029, 4 years mm-hmm. after 3, and then only 2 years later we're getting 5. No. These are this is kick the ball down the field, you know, put get <laughs> it down the field and then just kind of see, see what ends up happening because they they have no idea. I, yeah. They need to go one one at a time. And this is just a this is a crazy example of what we were just saying about just putting sticking your flag in a date way down because no other studio <laughs> has mm-hmm. anything on their books that they know is releasing in the 2030s. I can tell you that right now.
0: Yeah. This is Notre Dame Alabama scheduled for twenty twenty eight, like they right. announced, they announced that like three years ago, and I like I saw the head, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I saw Notre Dame Alabama, and I was like, oh my god, it's happening! Where it's going is it gonna be in Tuscaloosa? Like what's gonna? And then I read one line in twenty twenty eight. I'm like, that is ten years from now. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, who cares? Um, yeah, man, I I it is so absurd to me that they announced five of those movies. It's absurd. hilarious, absurd. It's in.
1: Still, it's kind of fun. I mean, that's the thing. I enjoyed the way of the water. Like that was the, or whatever it was called. That was a really, really <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
1: that was a great experience. Like I had a great time in IMAX. It looked beautiful. And I know that's what I'm getting out of these movies, you know. Yeah. And I, I honest to God, I'm never gonna watch that movie again. I have no intention to. I saw it on Disney Plus last night, like booting up the TV for the first time. I'm like, oh, there it is. Why would I watch this at home? Why <laughs> yeah. would I watch this on my couch? There's nothing this. I would gain from rewatching it one or watching it at home because these mm-hmm. really are like the movies to me. Go to a theater and see them. You know yeah. it, they're going to be significantly, significantly worse. I think on in in your living room.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Avatar: Way of Water, whatever it's called, two billion dollar movie. Did you see that thing on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> can you can you name two characters in Avatar: The Way of Water?
1: Um, Zoe Saldana <laughs> and yeah. um the 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 kid... What's his name? Spider. There we go. Mm-hmm. Do you know how you spell spider? Um, S-P-Y-D-A. Oh, yeah. It's
0: fucking, <laughs> punk as fuck, dude. Do you know the main character of that movie?
1: Um,
0: God, what's the
1: dad's name? Or like the main guy? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Jake, cool. Su- Sully. Jake Sully. Yes. Sully. Sully. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, so sad down. Sully. I do <laughs> want to make a note, Matt, that I've seen the first Avatar once on a plane. <laughs> And I saw the second Avatar once in theaters. And that is going to be it.
0: You could, you could have seen the first one 30 times. I don't think you would have got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. We're back. David's back. He lives in Atlanta now. They make movies in Atlanta. David, did you know that? That's true. They made another movie in Atlanta. And it was The Flash. And we're going to talk about it right here. Okay, Dad. Just want to let you know. Your son is one of the best.
1: I love you. Thank you.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to the DCEU review of The Flash here on The Direct Podcast. Um, Before we get going, before we get into overall thoughts, the disclaimer needs to be said. Ezra Miller is a very public figure, and they have been very public for very negative things over the past two or three years. Um, This is one of those situations where um, it needs to be set up front just so we don't um offend anybody who is, you know, t- t- tangentially related to what he's done as far as abuse and terrorism and um, you know, just assault really, um, across whatever he's done over these past three years, whatever they've done, I'm sorry. Um, we do not condone anything they have done. Ezra Miller's dick, Ezra Miller's bad person, probably. Um They're apparently getting help. They're apparently trying to get better, which is great. You know, do you? Um, We do not condone anything they've done. And anything that we say positively or negatively about Ezra Miller in this movie is not a reflection on the acts um, that have happened over the past three years. But everything that we say about them is a part of this movie, their previous movies, and their potential in the universes you love. And that is what we're going to say about that. We're not going to tiptoe around. The, yeah, obviously what he's doing. Like we're doing it right here, right now. Bad human being. Hope that they get better. If they don't, I'll forget that they ever existed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That being said, well, said. Flash, well said, man. thank yeah. you. Thank you. The Flash, one of the most infamous productions of all time.
1: Infamous lead up, I would say. Yes. Infamous propaganda.
0: Love that that's a good way to put it seven years since this movie was officially announced as part of the DCEU. Jeez. It has been through six different official directors. And that's just ones that have been assigned onto the project, not rumored or connected or helped write a little bit of it, which a lot of these directors did the Edgar um, Wright of it all. You know, oh, I forgot about Edgar Wright. You see, I'm sitting here. I forgot about Edgar Wright. I forgot that he was part of it. Um, Oh no, no, that's Ant Man. That, that is an Ant Man. That was an Ant-Man, reference. But but but
1: my point was that Edgar Wright is like the infamous director that never actually directed the movie, but directed the yeah. movie. That yeah. had the whole had the whole idea and like yeah. wrote the whole script and it was his baby. And then it just he'll always be connected to Ant-Man
0: uh-huh. and
1: never was on set. Yeah. Of Ant-Man. You got to produce your credit just because he
0: wrote the script. Um right. uh, directed by Andy Machete, as we said earlier. Um starring Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, Sasha Kali, um Ezra Miller, uh Barry's parents. I forget the actors' names, but don't matter. Um, I think the mom did well. Um Yeah, yeah. Good looking gal. Yeah, Um, never seen her in a fucking movie, but good looking gal. Didn't Um, get
1: the anyway. Well, I digress. I was gonna say
0: I didn't get the Hispanic
1: route. I was like, is this the Barry Allen thing? I don't remember that. But it was a thing in the
0: movie is Ezra Miller's man. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, Starring all those people, the third to last entry of the DCEU before the reset happens and James Gunn's DCU takes place. This is the movie that we all have been waiting for, for so many different reasons, but mainly because this was going to be the one that resets everything. This is the one. That changes the d c e u into the d c u did it do that? Did it not do that Did it do it well? We will find out right here. But before we get into the spoilers, before we dive into what happened, how it happened and who it happened to David Thompson. your overall thoughts for the flash look, it's there I have mixed
1: <laughs> thoughts. um there's no simple analysis. I would say by the way, Ezra Miller is not Hispanic. He's Dutch and German descent um. it's completely mixed this movie um there are times when we were having a wonderful i saw my birthday by the way my 25th birthday birthday. thank you had a great time um that's that was was part of it um there was a guy next to me who was having a wonderful time big dc fan i could tell um we freaked out at certain moments we had similar reactions and that's always kind of fun we're like vibing with someone and we each had our significant others there and you can't tell like each one would be like whispering to the other like What's this? What's that? What's going on? But honestly, there were moments watching this film I was having a wonderful time. I think there was a mm-hmm. stretch in this movie that is that movie people were talking about where this is a summer hit. This is a great comic book movie. It has great heart. All of this different stuff. However, there are some egregiously bad elements to the Flash movie where so egregious, in my opinion, I don't understand... Anything that Tom Cruise and Stephen King and even James Gunn, one of our guys, Matt, one of our guys that I trust. Yeah. A a circle of trust award winner. Exactly. (laughs) And and still deserving because he's just commenting and he's now being paid to do so. He's an executive for the studio. He wanted the movie to not flop. That didn't happen. (laughs) I don't understand people's reactions saying this is a, one of the best comic movie films I've ever seen, one of the best DC movies I've ever seen. Like, sure, I liked it more than Shazam. I liked it more than Black Adam. But to say it's like something that you can compare to like top tier Marvel is a joke. You know, there's moments, there's sequences, there's elements that are there. But overall in a package, I can say I had a fun time because I genuinely did. There was times where I'm like, this is I'm having a wonderful time. But I'm a big nerd, too, you -hmm. know, and that's part of it as well. I don't even though I think I overall enjoyed the movie because of certain elements, the heart of it, I think a lot of the humor hit for me. I don't know if I can recommend the movie, you know, because that was my unique experience as Mm -hmm. someone who got references and. Um, just, it was my birthday, stuff like that. You know, I was just having a good time and I was like kind of trying to as well. It's one of those things, you know, there's like factors that lead into sometimes your viewing experience, especially in a movie like this, where it's not really like a, it's not a normal film multiverse, all this craziness. It's not, it's not, it's not neat and tidy. It, it gets mm-hmm. really messy. I'm just left mixed. I can't recommend it to someone but I had a good time with it when I did see it in theaters and I cannot wait to dive into all those little elements because there's so much going on in this movie, Matt, Mm -hmm. I'm stoked for this. You didn't really tweet about it much. So I'm excited to hear what your thoughts were when you walked out of the flash.
0: I, um, I had a very interesting experience going to see this movie. Um, you mentioned seeing a movie on your birthday for some reason that hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember Liam said he saw X3 on his birthday when he was like eight. And he'll yeah. remember that movie forever. You'll you'll probably remember this movie forever for that reason. Do you know what movie I saw on my 18th birthday? I turned 18 in 2013.
1: So Man of Steel? Oh, no. I don't man, want to. It was it. Yeah, let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> let's go. I loved every
0: fucking second of it. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Ama- I cried. It was amazing. <laughs> but um, I drove an hour and a half from my in-laws place to my college hometown to go see this movie with a good friend of mine who lives in Ohio. Um, so that was our like our halfway point. I went back to the theater. Me and my now wife had one of our first dates. We used to go to matinee movies here. Oh, I cool. Took her, I took her to see civil war. She had no idea what was going on. Um, And I had a blast with the theater experience sitting down at this movie. I'm with a good friend. I hadn't seen in a long time. I bought a Spider-Gwen Popcorn head and I'm <laughs> fucking jacked about it. Um <laughs> I, I got saw a big that. bucket of popcorn, yeah. I got Twizzlers, big soda, so much fun. And at the end of the day, walking out of this movie, I had fun. I laughed a lot. I didn't laugh sometimes, but I laughed a lot on purpose and not on purpose. I laughed at things that were supposed to be funny. I laughed at things that weren't supposed to be funny but were funny. Right. Um I was thoroughly entertained by the entertaining parts of the movie that being action that being um fan service um that being all these other things and fan service you're reading my mind fan service is the soil of this movie you know as much as and this is me being a snyder hater hand up i don't like the snyder verse um they always in my opinion are trying to be more than what they are they're trying to be this deep emotional epic when their foundations just aren't that this movie, their foundation is fan service and I'm a sucker for that. And a lot of it I popped for, but as much fun as I had and as entertaining as this movie was, I don't think much of it was very clever. I don't think I don't, I don't think any of it was earned and I don't think that they did anything in this movie that I haven't seen in another movie, especially over the past two or three years better. I don't think that that is necessarily fair to the Flash to be like, well, I saw this better in Spider-Verse. I saw this better in Multiverse Madness, so now yours isn't good. That's not what I'm trying to say. I just think at the end of this movie, a lot of what Tom Cruise, Stephen King, and all these other.
1: I love, I love these sentences. It's insane. Tom Um, Cruise, Stephen King. (laughs) Talking about the Flash. We will
0: never forget it. We'll never forget it. Um, It's like we're
1: on a TV show or something.
0: I love the guy, Scott Derrickson. He's on the list. Um, It's unfortunate, but he is on the list. Um, All those things, the expectations of this movie, what this movie needed to be as far as like Flashpoint and the DCEU-DCU thing, the promising of the reset point, how much we've been talking about the reset point. I think it needed to be more. I think it tried to be more. And at the end of the day, it was fan service, unearned fan service, which I love. And I was entertained and I laughed. So it's interesting. I think I really enjoyed this movie and I was thoroughly entertained by this movie, but it had no depth beyond that. It didn't have anything impactful. And then you throw in the distractions, the distractions of what's happened with so many
1: distractions,
0: the distractions of the CGI, the distractions of um, is convolution the word. The convoluted, just jumble of it all.
1: It's 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 convoluted, yes.
0: There's so it, it's many. It's
1: convoluted how we know publicly now how they made the movie in the sense of like editing, right. you know, like changing the movie a hundred times, having three different versions of the ending that never ends well. You right. know, where's the lesson in that? And they showed mm-hmm. a different version, show different post credit scene in like the fan screenings or like the, the you know those really early cinema what was it CinemaCon screenings, just stuff like that where. None of that ever adds up to anything good when you're not decisive with it. And the fact that, OK, the whole time we're setting up and this is not a spoiler, we're setting up James Gunn's universe, quote unquote, they've been saying that it resets. And in my opinion, I don't think they did a good job of that at all. I don't think this movie matters one iota to Superman Oda. legacy
0: and beyond. Shout out Iona, shout out Rick Patino, bad guy. Um, it's All <laughs> connecting. It's all connected. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know, there was a very famous Hollywood blockbuster that they did completely change, and it worked out pretty well. We'll talk more about that later, though. Um, But no, I think that there are so many distractions this movie needed to overcome, and it did nothing toward that, despite being as entertaining as it was. This is going to be one of those movies much like Tazen 2. I feel like a movie I bring up a lot when I'm comparing things where I, I enjoy watching it, but I also enjoy talking shit about it. You know what I mean? Like, like I enjoy the parts I enjoy, but I also very, I'm very passionate about the negatives of it. So it's in a weird spot for me. Um, I think talking about it with you going over our good, bad popcorn and top plays, um, I think it's going to help me kind of formulate where I really land on this movie. We'll rank it next week. Right. And um, yeah, I think I'm really excited to do that. But at the end of the day, it's fan service. It's unearned. It's not clever, but it is entertaining. And here we go. It, it's 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 too perfect. You know what I mean? As we dive into spoilers for The Flash. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Alright, David. Here we are with The Flash. And like I said, I bought a Spider-Gwen popcorn head, so let's fill that popcorn head with Some delicious good buttery popcorn. I put too much butter on my popcorn this time.
1: Got a little tummy ache. Oh yeah. That happens, man. I know. I I, we went no pop or no no butter. Got a big, big giant vat of popcorn. But and they made it good that day too. So it's like, oh, perfect. Didn't even need it.
0: Well, they heard it was your birthday. Exactly. Exactly. Here we go, David. Your first piece of good popcorn for the flash, a very fitting first piece as we talk about this movie.
1: Yeah, so you opened with it um in non-spoiler section. Ezra Miller, the biggest story going into this movie, I would say. Um they are it's kind of ironic um that Ezra Miller um goes by they them pronouns because in the movie it's not that. No. there. he's a he in the movie, but there are two of them. So it kind of <laughs> makes it uh it kind of makes it work when talking about the film because it literally is it's ironic. In the same, yeah, it, it is <laughs> ironic. Um but anyway, Ezra Miller, I think it's crazy to say after everything we've been through with them and everything that has been through the news and how they've been out of the news and barely said a word about the movie publicly, um, and I don't know what is in store for their future beyond just DC. I don't think that's going to happen, but just as a as an actor, Ezra Miller is the best part of this movie, in my opinion. Um in my opinion, um, Ezra Miller was giving given an unbelievable task to play two of the same character. Three? Mm. Oh, three. You're right. <laughs> We're in spoilers now. Three, kind of. But let's start with the let's start with just the two. Um, which we all, by the way, if you're a flash fan, but you knew the whole time. Sure. I mean, if you even just watch the TV show. So anyway, was given this task to play two characters, the same character, different ages and slightly different personalities because one had his mom growing up. That's pretty much the whole shtick. In my opinion, this is the heart, soul of the movie. Um, besides everything with the mom, which really is the heart of the movie and the th- the themes of the film and I think why people might have a connection to it in some ways. But once we get to um, both berries together, in my opinion, right? When we get to but when when it's goes back, tries to come back, and it's all messed up, and he's now in like the past, like he He's in 2013, let's say. You know, if it was Marvel, boom, 2013 would have popped up when he was walking into that door. Um, could have used some title cards. Now that you mention it, yeah, could have used title cards, but I think they avoided them on purpose. Uh, sure. I think they didn't. I think they didn't want title much. I think it wanted to be like go with the flow, kind of understand. Yeah, Spider Verse. They explain it to you, you know, mm. as an audience. They kind of right, explain right, things. Right. Um. And that was the vessel, right? It was Barry 1 and Barry 2, we'll call them, you know? Barry 1 being our main Barry Allen, Barry 2 being the long-haired kid that didn't have his powers yet and gets them. And um, it's funny. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I have to say, though, I think Ezra Miller did an incredible job. What's crazy about this movie is how much is Barry Allen? Because it is a flash film at the end of the day, but it's two of them. And I can't believe what a disaster it is for Ezra Miller to get into all this legal trouble and kind of go off the deep end. It seems like when, I mean, they would have marketed the movie completely, completely differently if it wasn't for all of that, because Barry Allen, the, both of them, that's the, that's the, that's the movie. That's where Mm -hmm. it works. In my opinion, too, once it got to, we're in the alternate 2013 Zod's coming and it's both Barry's kind of stumbling through, trying to fix things and go through and have all these uh, fun interactions. That (laughs) was the funniest part to me. And it was the best part. Um, I think there is a really big time sweet spot in this film from when he first goes home and meets his alternate versions of mom and dad to when Supergirl comes comes into the movie and it all falls apart, in my opinion. That is the sweet spot of the film. And it's a big chunk of the film. A lot of the humor worked. I couldn't believe how good it looked at times, sometimes not so good, but sometimes it was like, wow, they looked like they're both in the same room. You know, there was no weird fuzziness, sometimes maybe, but honestly, they're them interacting with each other and knowing it is, you know, army hammer and social network where it's the same person twice. And the fact that Ezra Miller had to go do scenes twice for everything and was able to have chemistry with himself. Very impressive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, there was times, specifically when they were walking. Um, I think it was in the Wayne Manor. Um, when they first finding Bruce, where I'm like, (laughs) I was thinking like, oh God, he. I mean, I had to walk through those things like the scenes twice. You know, like thinking it through. It's like God, what a pain that would be. Painstakingly played both characters, and I think Ezra Miller did a great job. And it's crazy to say at the end of the day, but he, they really were the highlight for me. So um what were what were your thoughts on Ezra Miller? Because obviously it's it could be controversial um whether mm-hmm. you think they did a good job or not.
0: Um he wasn't just walking through a set, that was the 89 Batman set. Like, so like what a cool thing for somebody to do. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he's yeah. the only one that got to do that. He was the only one of the characters that was able to do that, other than Sasha Cow, which obviously that was majorly green screened in your new hometown of Atlanta. George, I'm going to do a lot of Atlanta rap references now that you live there, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. You're going to get a ton of that. Um, Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. This is kind of a capsule of this character, not just in this movie, but in the DCEU. I think he is. <laughs> it's funny to say Ezra Miller is a polarizing figure. No shit. But um, I think H- acting actor, I think yeah. as an actor, he's a very polarizing thing because he has a thing. You know, he has a Ryan Reynolds, Jim Carrey, um, Mark Wahlberg to him where like the way he talks and moves and interacts with people is very specific, unique and yes. niche to him. And you either like it or you don't. In a lot of cases, um, I've I'm in a situation where like I I hated him. In Harry Potter, hated him in the Fantastic Beasts movies. Oh, um, I I I I, I was gonna say Harry Potter. I, Red Red. I I didn't see the Fantastic Beasts movies. <laughs> he, he 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 played a very emo. uh he, He's you know he does the shy thing well. I just don't think he was very good in those movies. I actually like him in Justice League in Snyder Cut in. That's all we've seen him in, right? Um yeah. I I actually enjoy him in those. But I think at the end of the day, the the issue is. Um, he is very much a Spider Man like character. They wrote him that way. They wrote this Barry Allen as the Spider Man of this universe that being a quippy, smart, pop culture leaning, engaging, but also standoffish kid that yeah. is asked to do a lot of very emotional things along the way as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just the the quip fighting that he brings it's also he's asked to be very emotional and impactful in certain moments
1: and it's also the sidekick older mentor young Mm -hmm. dual identity stuff which we don't see a lot Mm -hmm. in marvel which james Gunn recently commented on about what's gonna be the difference with his new dc universe and how marvel kind of just pushed to the side secret identities which i think was a really cool quote by Gunn. which gets to be so excited for you know the future of everything um specifically we talked about in superman you know where you can't Mm -hmm. you can't blend the two um which i think is awesome that that's a fundamental thing that i don't think the DCEU did that well that i think james gunn's gonna nail um and i think on top of what you said about ezra they do the whole insecure um fidgety thing so well and I, not everyone can do that that is a i think an instinctual like born with ability mm-hmm. as an actor if you fake it you can't do it you know like tom holland kind of has it a little bit it's that like Physical comedy, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever that kind of is, and being able to flip the switch. And I think the reason why it was a main point of good popcorn. Now I, I don't want to just hit it off the top because it is controversial in a sense, just because of who Ezra Miller is, and even some people don't don't like his acting style, you know, right? Um, is because seeing it in both characters, both Barrys, Barry One right. and Barry Two, I thought was wildly impressive, and had it was honestly what had me most captivated while watching the film.
0: Right. And I think that there's so much of that in here, too. Like, I think that Ezra Miller, the comedian, the quippy Spider-Man part of him, I think he does very well in these movies. It's 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 nerdy. It's neurotic. It's it's very fast talking, which makes sense with the Flash. Um, You know, I I understand these very traumatic experiences, and I uh, encourage you to go get some uh, help from a mental health professional do not ask the Justice League to do that. We're not very good at that part of it yet. I laughed so hard. That was yeah. awesome. And so many of those types of, like, I, I just recited that whole thing because it was that funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so many of those things work so well for me. But to throw a little, you know, salt on your bad popcorn a little bit, on your good popcorn a little bit, I do not enjoy him in those emotional moments. I do not think mm. the Snyder uh the, the uh, Speed Force scene in the Snyder Cut we talked about. Um, I think that's an awesome comic book movie moment. And I was so happy it happened. I think it's undercut by his line delivery of what is supposed to be a very emotional line. We did it, dad. You know, your, your boy was one of the good ones. I just don't think he delivers that for me. I just don't think his it's weird. I don't think his voice fits that tone. He, he kind of hangs on to the, the fast talking Barry Allen of it all in that moment. And I just don't, think i think there was a lot of that in here where like when he was asked to stretch it a little bit
1: yeah
0: um that being barry allen i think that barry allen kind of fell apart a little for me and and that and that's it goes back to ezra miller is so specific you either like him or you don't and for me i liked him a lot sometimes and i didn't other times there wasn't a lot of in between he didn't his act their acting didn't ruin the movie for me at all the other things did that But just on that front, I'm going to land in the middle, I think, because I love the comedy. I didn't love the emotion.
1: And I think people are going to compare him and they are already comparing him to Grant Gustin, who Grant Gustin's biggest strength is the emotional moments if you're a fan of those shows. And that's kind of more of the the Barry Allen that he plays in the Flash TV show. So um, I think those comparisons are unfair. Like you said, written totally different characters. There are some things that are more... That are similar because they are playing the flash at the end of the day, and the comic book stuff is similar. But as a character written on the page and the lines they're given of dialogue, totally different. and totally different tone, you know, they're, they're just very different actors, those two. Now, Matt, your first bit of good popcorn is really the the bit of good popcorn for this movie and gets me excited about what we talked about earlier, Andy machete, Brave and the Bold. Tell me about Batman.
0: All the Batman in this movie, I loved. There wasn't a single part of it I did not like. I mean, I think that Ben Affleck just ditching Barry when he was struggling with this decision is the only bad Batman thing in this movie. Um, I uh, other other than Adam West, I think that, that I don't think we need. You didn't,
1: you didn't like that West one. There.
0: It, he, he just passed away. And it's just, I just don't know. It, we'll get into that. Trust me. We'll get into that. That shit. By the way, <laughs> w- one quick
1: note. Um, when I tweeted about the movie, I like wrote everything. Batman was 10 out of 10. And friend of the show, Duncan, um, probably listening right now. He he like yeah. replied saying like, I almost fainted or something um, when I, I just saw 10 out of 10 at first. <laughs> and hey, I thought yeah, it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, yeah, read the whole thing. I yeah. wasn't saying the whole movie was 10 out of 10, but sure. I do agree. Keep going cuz the batfleck moment was a little bit weird but every every little thing batman to me was perfect. I yeah. thought it was so well done.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that and and you know let's just go through, right? I think Ben One Affleck time. I think Ben Affleck other than the warehouse scene in Batman versus Superman and only the warehouse scene in Batman versus Superman. I got to rewatch. Maybe not. This is some of his best work as Batman. It is. Yep. This is This is great action. This is great Bruce Waning. This is great being flirty, nervous with Diana. And everything about his very small role at the beginning of this movie, I was such a huge fan of because it felt lived in. It felt comfortable. It felt less dramatic. You know, it felt like we were getting some Batman saving the world shit, chasing after Falcone's son, being mad at Barry for not being able to handle some of the other stuff. All the different things that we've set up with this Batman, I think, came to a head here. And the action, you know, is one thing I do want to mention. I love the grappling hook. I love the way he flew with his stiff ass uh, cape. And I loved that he was able to do what he does in daylight. And it still worked. It still fit what we know about this very broody, aggressive, um, tactical Batman. And
1: like the motorcycle, the I would say too. The action, I thought that the chase scene, like him in that mm-hmm. motorcycle, was awesome. Well shot. Well done. Super Felt well very done. practical. The blue mm-hmm. suit. Mm. The suit.
0: The suit was everything. One of my favorite. I don't suits, know why. I, say. I loved it. I loved how yellow the yellow was. I loved how blue the blue was. I loved that the like. It was silver. It wasn't dark black. It was silver. It was like a daytime there. outfit. It was awesome. It was awesome. And I loved it. And I think that getting him and that build up with the action scene in the lead up to Gal Gadot and just getting that brief Justice League trio moment. You know what I mean? Getting that brief shot of the three of them doing their thing. I think that was very awesome and a payoff for the DCEU. And I think Batfleck was a reason for it. Moving on to. Michael Keaton. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I think I think they didn't ask him to go deeper into it. He wasn't tasked to deepen this Bruce Wayne that we all know. He was asked to show up, play the hits and be a plot device. And Absolutely. He did and he crushed it. And we give praise to Spider-Man for this. So I think we need to shout it out. Definitely not as well done. But this at the end of the day was a Barry Allen movie. This wasn't about Batman like we all thought it was going to be. This was a Barry Allen movie, which means Michael Keaton was asked to be a supporting role, and I think he crushed it in that sense. And I think that him wearing an ascot instead of what maybe uh, the turtlenecks that 89 Batman or Batman uh, Returns would wear, I think that's a cool homage. This isn't our Batman. This is a different Michael Keaton Batman.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a really fun... Yeah,
1: I was going to say... Because just mere speculation while we're on the Michael Keaton part, it's like, was that supposed to be the A9 Batman or can we assume it? I think it's up for debate in a way.
0: And I think they kept it ambiguous enough. Yeah, I think that that was weird. I I know it's weird. The Ascot really does a lot for that because that's an Adam West thing. That's not a Michael Keaton thing.
1: And I think when he's explained the multiverse with the spaghetti and Mm -hmm. it is those pieces of spaghetti that are right next to each other that are very,
0: very similar, slight tweaks. It it goes back into that good storytelling for sure. Um, I think that what really surprised me was obviously the music and the Batmobile and the cave and all those things, those are what hit the most for me, because that's the fan service I'm talking about. But his action scenes were incredible. I thought it was just going to be that trailer scene, and that was going to be the best 89 uh, action that we get. No, the whole thing, I think, is so modernized, but still fitting to 89, the same way we saw Toby fight in uh, No Way Home, where like he was the bruiser of the three. like He was the one that punched more than the other two did. And And he was...
1: yeah, I was gonna say Michael Keaton's like Star Fox with the Batwing going mm-hmm. around. You know, the Batwing Fox was so fun. It was like, it was fun taking that version of Batman and putting him in modern day, you know, because that's really old school. Even compared to Toby, like right. that, those Batman movies are so from like the very early, early, early creation of comic book movies, which is so cool seeing him in live action. And now because it all worked and it worked within the context of this movie, which is. A goofy, campy movie in in a lot of ways, you know, full of a lot of fun surprises. Some hit, some don't, but Michael Keaton wasn't a surprise. I think marketing set him up too much because of the whole Ezra Miller situation, but like you said, in the movie, him coming in when he does, it works beautifully. The way he's acting, the fighting, the suits, I 100% agree. The fighting, like you were just saying, it was the surprise to me. And that's what excited me the most about machete and batman because like oh he understands all the gadgets and how batman's action can really work and what makes him powerful i think of michael keaton fighting that giant kryptonian guy and all the little like sticky bombs almost so cool like such a unique way yeah
0: weirdly star lordy in that moment you know what i mean very star lordy yeah (laughs) all all of that is why i think Andy machete got the green light for brave and the bold it's not necessarily like he understands the character so well no I think he can direct the character really well I -hmm. think what Andy Machete needs for this Brave and the Bold movie is not to have a script that's been changed a dozen times over the past seven years through different directions universe points all those different things we have to remember that Andy Machete was handed to Frankenstein and he was and he was tasked to make it work and I think you watch this movie where they cut in the action very specifically like here's an action scene Here's a funny scene. Here's a dramatic scene. That was him minimalizing the complexity of the plot. Now, that's not to say that the plot's not overstuffed, but he did his best to section off the beats of the movie. And I think the Batman beats visually, energetically, um, and just pacing wise worked really well. So I think his green light was he understands the aesthetic and the energy of Batman. Give him somebody that understands the character to write the script and have them blend a little bit, I think we're in a really good spot.
1: And James, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. But I 1000% agree with what you just said, given a Frankenstein. And by the way, guess what flowed to the top of goodness? Batman at the end of the day. And James Mm -hmm. Gunn recognized that. So I think people saying like, oh, James Gunn's like still reusing DC stuff and, you know, bringing people along from Guardians, like do something new, do something like innovative. This can be innovative. Like Mm -hmm. I said. I think the machete parts of the movie are good. And like I said, the, like we were just talking about the Batman stuff rose to the top. And look, James Gunn might be a writer on the film. We don't know how
0: I think he should be. Dude,
1: He's going to be so like, especially in the early stages, like he's an executive, but his his job is only the creative side. And he's explained that well. He doesn't have to worry about pretty much anything else besides story. So I feel like maybe a story by credit or, you know, it will be executively produced. He already has an idea of what the story is going to be. He's already, he really already has created the skeleton of the story. So that gives me faith. Um, Now, Matt, is it time for our third Batman
0: or, uh, or wait? No, we, let's fine. save it for top plays. Okay. To save that okay. for top plays. Okay. Because I have, I have independent thoughts about that. Okay. Um, but I think Batflex stole the show for me. I really did. Um, I think that's a surprise opening, for me. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That opening scene with him was the thing I missed the most. The rest of the movie, I understand why he wasn't there, but I missed the most of it. And the Michael Keaton stuff, I did nothing but smile every time it was on the screen. They used that score as much as they possibly could have used that score, and I still don't think they used it enough. And it, and it hit. I thought All it was
1: awesome. I was like leaning over Jeff, I'm like this is the original music. Like, this is so Crush. cool. I'm like getting
0: chills. It was awesome. And how funny was it when the three of them jumped out of the plane, the, 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 the pinnacle trailer shot of Supergirl and the flashes jumping out of the, uh, the plane, they had that three, uh, what was it three planes of action scene mm-hmm. where the berries were doing something, Sasha was doing something, Batman was doing something. When they were on the Flash or Supergirl, it was that like upbeat rock song, whatever it was. I don't even remember. Yeah, but, like they was they were doing the James Gunn thing with those action scenes, and as soon as we cut back to the Batwing, there's the score. Like yeah. not not even blended. blended. Bang. Yeah, we're just back. Ba-na-na-na. It's so good. And uh, yeah, so the Batman, all the Batman, uh, the both Batfleck and Keaton were my first piece of good popcorn. David, your second piece of good popcorn here for the Flash.
1: Yeah, I've mentioned it a little bit. Um, for me. Look, we will talk about the humor a little bit more, but the other side of that, like there's the humor and there's the heart. Speaking of the heart, I think there really is, you mentioned it, that Frankenstein of a movie deep down in there. There is a more simple flash movie here about, right, going back to fundamentally Flashpoint and Barry Allen trying to save his mother, you know, Um, that I think really played for me. I think the and I think a couple of reasons why. Actually, I believe the small, like the, the child, Barry, was really cute, did a good job. I think the mom was really great. You really felt for for Barry that he lost her. And I think a couple of moments stood out to me Um, were specifically between, and where I think I maybe disagree with you a little bit that Ezra Miller can do some of the dramatic stuff, is there's a scene where Barry is talking to Barry <laughs> in the Bat Cave. And he's basically like he like he like kind of lays into him a little bit like you're so ungrateful. You have no idea what you had. I forget the exact like lines, but it really worked. And I think the setup of that, like like the setup um earlier in the movie helped that pay off because it as or, you know, Barry Allen, number two, alternate Barry Allen. He wasn't just right kind of like annoying and he's teaching him the ways and showing him the ropes and he does. He's not listening and he's, you know, he's this fun 18 year old, blah, blah, blah. But he was a constant reminder of who, what Barry Allen never had, right, what our Barry never had. And I think those little moments actually played um, really well for me. And I guess the other scene I want to reference that in a mess of a third act, in my opinion, an absolute sham of a third act is the scene where he takes the tomatoes back. He has to let fate basically do what it does. And it's that moment with him and his mom talking to him, kind of a weird scene, but God, it it got me. It really did get me when he's sitting there talking to the mom. They don't. He doesn't know. Obviously, she doesn't know that that's Barry. Um, it actually worked for me, and mm-hmm. that's why I think opening thoughts for the film it's so messy because I hate, I do I do not like the third act of the movie at all for the like overall, story wise. But that moment, that heart of the film. I still got something out of it, right? Um, just the the themes of fate and destiny and being able to move on, you know, being able to move forward. I think all of those really worked well in this movie, especially just like the the very basic stuff, like going back to back to the future, which is referenced in the film, like trying to tinker with your fate, trying to change the future and how the whole that whole trilogy ends with the future isn't written, right? Make it whatever you are. and and those emotional beats, by the way, Back to Batman, God, when both Batman basically say the same thing about their parents dying, how their scars make them who they are, they wouldn't be who they are today if it wasn't for that. I think all that worked really well. Um, and I think it actually had some character development, some character development that isn't going to matter in a couple of years, which is which is kind of a shame. And it gets bogged down by a lot of the mess around it. But mm-hmm. I did. I did feel something. Um specifically in that end scene in the grocery store because it is a cool way of using the powers where he can almost like stop time you know and just sit there and watch it almost reminded me of um what's the character's name in uh, sorry I'm blanking in Doctor Strange oh, when what? she's she's like extending her life ancient one the ancient one right remember when she's Beautiful about to scene. die and, and she's just extending it as long as possible and it's like mm-hmm. I know it's been coming I've been, I've been alive for so long but I'm still like stretching it out stretching as as out a single possible. moment and that's that's what it reminded me of, which I think is a really it's a cool way to use superheroes, I suppose
0: mm-hmm. um this is where I'm gonna do that thing where like i I want to respond to what you just said, but it's m- one of my bad popcorns. We're in good popcorn let's let's right. hang in the positive vibes for a little bit, right um <laughs> uh, the um the emotional beats of this movie, I think are very well written in mm. script I think it's good. But it comes back to I think they get distracted by other things uh, throughout the movie. And 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 I think that can be summed up in you can't get over how much you hate the third act that it's tough for you to enjoy a part of the movie that you really liked. You yeah. know, what I mean, like it's in the middle of a section of the movie that you hate, essentially. Um, so um, something that I came away from this movie excited about was it wasn't Shazam. It wasn't Black Adam where I was bored. <laughs> you know what I mean? like like it was boring
1: forgettable uh, movies too just so forgettable not,
0: they weren't fun enough to keep me entertained this movie at the end of the day it didn't commit the carnal sin i wasn't bored this movie is entertaining this movie is funny we've talked about so many action scenes already that i really enjoyed uh as messy as the third act is they do a few really fun things with the superpowers of characters we know so goddamn well and i think that that along with It has a little bit of that. And I don't think anybody really understands how little James Gunn probably had to do with this movie. So little. People are blaming the box office on James Gunn. But a week ago, he has nothing to do with it. So when it's great, you know, that's not... It's if this movie would have done amazing, nobody would have gave James Gunn credit. But now that's doing bad. Wow, look how look how poorly he handled it. Which,
1: oh, look at this guy running this studio. Whoa. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and, that,
1: and that's not going
0: anywhere, by the way. I can't wait to get to that point later today. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that there was a lot of comedy splattered throughout this movie. Not all of it hit. This wasn't a 10 for 10 comedy thing. I think the sandwich guy kind of sucked that and that was a you know, a bit that opened the movie. I didn't love that, but I, what you know, I did
1: like, sorry, before I just forget, cause there's so much I, 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 I would forget is with the sandwich guy bit is yeah. how the action scene happens and he comes back and the sandwich is ready. I thought that was really yeah. fun. I thought that yeah. was cool. It's like, wait, that, th- that was, that was so <laughs> the flash, that was yeah. a just fun way to like use the flash, you know,
0: for sure. Um, but AVs I think a lot and whatnot, <laughs> We're not there yet, David. Um, we're not there yet. But I think a lot of the comedy was good when he had Iris, who God damn, does she not need to be in this movie? God, when he sucks so sucks. bad. Why? Why? love do that, that actress. She did not need to be here. Um, but that bit where he runs ahead, cleans his room, and she comes in and just like kind of perfect timing. Things crash out of the closet. Things crash out of the pantry and stuff. So funny. I found that so funny. He opened the beer. Anyway, <laughs> you know I loved all of that. Here are beers that I have after I introduce, you know, passing dice through the force right in the middle of the movie. Um. Anyway, this movie action I thought was awesome. Passing dice through the force, introducing what? introducing a random new power right in the I middle know. of an important movie. He phases through the wall. Yes. When the hell did he start doing that shit? Right then and there is when we found exactly. out. Yeah. <laughs> Rise Skywalker. Um. I think that I think that um the entertainment value of this movie is very good. I think it is very entertaining. And then you add into the fact, I'm gonna enjoy talking about the craziness too. I'm gonna enjoy talking about this bad popcorn. This isn't gonna be Black Adam where I'm mad. This is gonna be Shazam too when I'm mad. This is gonna be Quantumania where I'm mad. And yeah, I'll say it. I didn't like a lot of Quantumania. Mad. I'm excited to talk about this bad popcorn because it's fun to talk about. This is Tazen 2 level fun. This did is you, X-Men level fun.
1: Did you like this movie more than Quantumania? I think I did. I did. Thinking about yes. it, I had yes. more I have more fond memory, memories
0: of this movie. I think so too. Yes. Yeah. But I uh, but I also very much understand why Quantumania made so much more money.
1: And Marvel even- can
0: Marvel can afford a Quantum Mania.
1: Yeah, and even then, we're not really comparing much box office wise. We're looking at two disappointments here.
0: Well, yeah, one of them twice as much as the other, though. Anyway, we'll get into that. (laughs) Let's move into it. Let's move into burnt, bad, smelly popcorn. The first one, me and David share because he wrote it down and he knew I was going to write it down. We're all writing it down. This is a very, very ugly movie.
1: I would say my reaction walking out of the theater was David Zaslav of Warner Bros. Discovery was asked, Hey, should we use more of the budget for this or should we just let it look bad? Because I think people that saw the movie two, three months ago, Tom Cruise, whomever else, (laughs) were told this is an unfinished cut. The CGI isn't done. And I think they saw exactly what we saw, meaning, it looks like an unfinished movie. And it it, may, it gives a little clarity to me because I think if you thought it was unfinished, if you were told it was unfinished and you saw the CGI, you wouldn't be critical of the CGI. But it. because it's past June 16th and on June 16th, they, 15th, whatever, they released this movie with this bad of CGI. That's when the critics come down because this is not, This is not acceptable for this big of a budget film for DC for the middle of June to have such horrific CGI. I mean, there's moments that it is it's laughable. Like you said, it was almost funny. Like, it's fun. The whole cameos thing moment, the worlds, that's its own category. Sometimes Ezra Miller's face when it's in the suit. Sometimes Ben Affleck's face in the suit. Um, CGI babies. I could go on and on. I would just say initially my biggest cuz going into the movie I heard a little bit about the CGI. Okay, got it. It's going to be bad. Going in, cool. It's when he went to the Speed Force the first time. I'm like, "Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This, this is this is not good. This is not good." Cuz before then, CGI babies was one thing. They didn't look very good. It was kind of weird. It was just like a very interesting kind of action scene, but when we <laughs> got to the Speed Force, <laughs> yeah, when we got to the Speed Force, um that's when i knew what we were capable of in terms of shitty cgi like Mm -hmm. the 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 ps2 of it all the ps2 henry cavill i never needed to see and i don't know why i saw um is upsetting and i don't know if you have any other specifics to point out cgi wise um but I, i it was distracting and that's the issue right the card like you said the cardinal sin of like being entertaining the cardinal sin of C- CGI in many ways, just not be so bad It's distracting, be right. good enough. And this movie in many, many ways wasn't good enough. And I don't think that's on. I don't think that's an accident. Uh-huh. I think it's because they were cut off budget
0: wise. Right. And the the one bonus I'll give the CGI is that it wasn't like half of it was bad and half of it was good. They committed to whatever it was. You know what I mean? They 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 decided that that is not something they were going to address. And they didn't do it sometimes and not others, which would have been even more distracting. And that would get into that egregious level. You know what I mean? Like, like the, you can say the CGI is egregious, but it would be more egregious if some of it was good and other parts were bad and they had the capability to make it all good. Right? You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's not even just the the babies, which was so uncomfortable. I was so <laughs> the microwave bummed out by that scene. And it just, it, it, it made me get such a bad taste in my mouth from the jump. And uh, you know, our good friends are kind of funny, they were talking about how that kind of sets the tone for what this movie is going to be silly, um, you know, fun, entertaining, all that stuff. And in ways it does, it did get me ready for, some of the funnier moments down the line. It did pr- pr- prime me for that. But the CGI was so uncomfortable and creepy and it was distracting. I wasn't able to enjoy the fun of it him punching through the vending machine, fucking hilarious. But um when he pushed That
1: out, was awesome. I love that bit. Way, that the, was the, amazing. The energy thing where he needed right. the food, that was f- cool.
0: And I wanted to enjoy it more. I couldn't get over how uncomfortable the babies made me. It wasn't even the wax figure stuff in the Speed Force, which a lot of A lot of these Snyder fans, a lot of these Snyder fans that are really eating their words today, they want to talk about, oh, well, they did it in Guardians 2 and no one said a word. That was ego talking through a story, basically using cartoons to do it. And they all, if you remember, none of them had faces. It was all just like the silhouette of their hair and clothes and stuff. That is one notch down from realistic, which makes it work. This was right in that middle that made you really uncomfortable seeing Henry Cavill as a cartoon character, seeing his the close up of his mom in the 18th birthday cake and her giant creepy smile, <laughs> horrible. And it was just like you said, distracting. But it's beyond that, David. The environmental stuff was bad. A lot of the the you know, the the flash running, which we've been making fun of for 10 years now. Yeah. You know, it, it looked. <laughs> Bad. A lot, like you said, a lot of the face stuff. And my favorite thing is that last year, Snyder fans had a month of pointing out the little Heimdall popping his head through the the air in Love oh, and Thunder. Dear God. Like, wow, Marvel fans really think these movies are good. Welcome.
1: Welcome, <laughs> brother.
0: Tell me that wasn't in the original script. Tell me that Zack Snyder already did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was in Batman versus Superman. Did I go back too far? I think I did. That was literally in a movie already. You didn't think they were going to do that again. It is insane how much the CGI distracts from any other redeemability that this movie gives me. Even in that scene you were talking about with his mom, like that emotional beat he had. I was distracted by the poking his head through and then walking out and then all the lightning around it and the fuzziness of her. During it, and Andy machete you know, very promptly doing a lot of uh, damage control, shout Spider Man, um, said that it was a stylistic choice to make everything fuzzy, bullshit like, and all that stuff. I understand why he has to say that. And even if that is true, even if you did mean to do the wax figure thing for all of the Speed Force stuff, which by the way, you didn't, the Speed Force stuff in Snyder Cut did not look like that. The Speed no. Force stuff, the Speed Force stuff running A to B. Did not look like that. All of those things, even if that was on purpose, it was a bad choice, though. Then. then you made a bad decision because it was distracting. You know what I mean? It's not yes. even how good or bad it looked. I was distracted by it, me personally. And it seems like a lot of people were. That is not good. You're not going to be able to tell a good story if we don't pay attention to the parts we're supposed to pay attention about. And that is our CGI. Day. David, let's get into another piece of bad popcorn as we hit on an hour 45 into this episode. <laughs> supergirl. Tell me about her. Um,
1: yeah, I think this might be my most my most controversial take um that I've seen on the internet. I have seen a lot of reactions um trash the movie and then go on to say, Oh, but thank God for Michael Keaton and Sasha Cal. Callie Cal, I've heard both. Sasha Callie. Um, and basically say they were the shining spots. Um, I couldn't disagree more on the supergirl of it all. This is a character. That is unnecessary, underutilized, and I hate to say it, but the actress that plays Kara, I thought did an abysmal job. I I thought it was really bad. I thought it was one note. I thought it almost felt like a satire at times. How like just serious and like solemn and just zero depth. And I do think her role being cut is a part of it. But also what I I do not and I don't know if you're one of those people and it's totally cool. I don't understand those that are saying I wish I got more of her or she was a shining spot for me because I just wish Supergirl wasn't in the movie at mm-hmm. that point. Because I think and I think maybe that's partly because they worked her role so far down. There was nothing to have, but this goes into the bigger, I would say you know, bad popcorn a little bit just related to Supergirl. Um everything with Krypton and Zod coming back, I thought was very poorly done, worse than I thought it was going to be, and was a smack in the face to Man of Steel, a movie I love. Um and I thought it was honestly disrespectful to that movie. If I'm being perfectly honest, and and kind of and I mean that's of, your movie. Exactly. And it okay. takes yeah and takes away from it a little bit, like kind of is like, it's a fun idea in the, in the beginning. Oh, my God, like 20, you know, Zod's here and, and Barry's like, what do we do? You know, and that bit is good. But everything else after that and the fighting and everything, like kind of half assing it, in my opinion, you know, like this isn't a Superman movie, but it's like kind of trying to be one a little bit at times. Hated it. And I did not like Supergirl one bit, I would be stunned if they move forward with this actress to play her in the the movie, by the way. And I think that that's the other problem. I think this, in my opinion, this made me less excited for Supergirl, even though that, that's unfair, because it's probably be a different actress, whole different thing. But I think we'll make other people less excited about Supergirl, because I do not think this was a winning situation. I don't think this was a moment where it's like, wow, man, that movie kind of was rough, bad CGI, but supergirl can't wait to see her again not at all I, to me walking out it's like why did they have her in the movie at all especially as like this kind of i don't know you because she's a she's supergirl like she she mm-hmm. has such great powers i uh, just thrown in there just kind of tossed in there and there's some like you know Barry too as like, a crush on her hated it my least favorite part worse to me than the cgi and wow. that is my rant on Supergirl. Wow.
0: that Last <laughs> statement on dunk. Um, I'm going to put your brain in a little bit of a pretzel here. Okay. I feel the same way about Sasha Kyle Supergirl as I do about Henry Cavill Superman. Oh, don't say that. Let me oh, let me explain. No. Let me explain. Let me explain. You'll understand where I'm coming from. I do think she looked great. I think that she I love her suit. I'm, a, I'm obsessed with the suit. Suits. Cool. The hair was cool. Like, like, not not like, you know, I, I talk about women's hair on this show a lot. I think her hair was cool. Um, I think that her story I thought was cool. Like, she was sent right behind Cal to protect. It didn't work out, but she was captured, all that stuff. I think she looked the part, and I think she was fine. I don't understand the people that are like, Sasha Cow has to be Supergirl now. Like, if I don't get more of her, I'm going to riot. We're creating I don't, new Snyder fans. I don't understand, I don't understand, it understand it at all. that. I don't get, I I don't, I didn't dislike her the way that you do. I think she was fine. I think she had like a couple actually good moments with Zod on that platform area. I didn't like her and Barry at all, but um, I think she was fine. There's an understated sexiness to her, which I think where the romance kind of comes into play, you know, like, you know, there, there's a little bit to that. But I do not understand the passion behind it. I I don't know what people saw in this Supergirl who's like, oh, this is it. We found her. This has to be her moving forward. There's nobody else that can do it. I don't understand that at all.
1: It it, to me, it reeks of this is who we should be backing. So I'm going to back her. You know, I I, 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 genuinely it feels like people are going into the movie feeling like this is the star, the future young star that I want to rally behind. And I'm going to, I don't know, you know, film is subjective, but I like, I agree with you. Like I was really turned away from the whole thing, but your opinion, I think makes a lot of sense where it's like, fine, sure. But why Mm -hmm. is this something that I'm like praising and wanting more of the movie itself just didn't even give us enough to even exactly let us have that opinion in a sense. It wasn't
0: enough to dig your heels in the way people seem to be doing. And I understand feeling bad for Sasha cow because she signed up for this life-changing role and she in my opinion she looks fantastic and she she her presence works in the role cool she look. was given yeah. she was given nothing and this thing was turned upside down and oh by the way your love interest is a terrorist <laughs> like like that is something you have to that that sucks for her she got a really bad beat on this but at the end of the day i think she's Daniela malquire light you know what i mean this is rat catcher light in my opinion like her her anger and aggression like she wasn't funny but she's not supposed to be that's that's not who Kara is you know what she's what not mean? much
1: besides she's not
0: supposed to be funny I get the, 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 yes. the emo-ness of it is supposed to be there and I and that's where I appreciate her I think a little bit but she wasn't given enough for people to be digging their heels in the way she is so I don't understand that um, something else I don't understand I, I get that it's Flashpoint and I get that you had to follow the comic beats Barry's gotta lose his powers to get his powers back now we have two berries with powers. I get it. Um I loved how if you're in the new flash suit, you're yellow because it's it's like uh conducting your energy, but if you're not, it's blue because it's like raw energy. That was so cool. Um I thought the I... suit was
1: explained well by the way. Controversial exactly. suit. I think it looked mm-hmm. better in the movie ironically because we just shed on the CGI. Funny um enough. and it was explained pretty well, like by Barry.
0: Sure. And 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 I agree. I did there from the moment Barry loses his powers to the moment where he gets his powers back. I think it's such a lull in this movie. And that sucks because that's when we, that's when we meet Batman. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That's when, that's when Michael Keaton comes back. But I do not like that. Our Barry lost his powers just so new Barry could have his origin story. And I think they could have done both. I don't think they had to. And, and, I am not a DC Comics reader. I have not read Flashpoint. I understand if that is integral to the story. I get it. Maybe it's not a great story in this context because you're throwing in a Batman, you're throwing in a Supergirl. I just don't think it was clever the way that he accidentally uh, got his powers taken out and Newberry got it. And I think it was even less clever the way he got it back because they they it's it bugs me that they stressed when Newberry was supposed to get his powers, you need to be sitting right here. You need to have these chemicals in front of you. This window needs to be open and it needs to be right at this time. They stressed how specific it needed to be and to get his powers back, they set it up. Okay, I need to be sitting right here. These chemicals are here. We're good. Okay. That uh, the back kite is up there doing the back kite thing. Super cool. And, uh, awesome. <laughs> um, and all that stuff. Okay. It didn't work. Okay. Sasha's going to come in know immediately that he she needs to fly him up and he gets struck by lightning inside oh,
1: of oh so i bad. don't
0: it doesn't make sense that you were so specific twice oh. and then also eh, eh, just overdo it come on
1: come on go get just out just of feeling let's just bring him up to the clouds and have some sort of like spiritual this is moment. what i'm
0: supposed to do right and, <laughs> and, and, and it was sweet because when he was carrying her out he was like i got you and she was like i got you you're not saving him you're getting him struck by lightning with zero idea what that's going to do Right. And it would be one thing if he was like, go again. And Michael Keaton went again and it ran it back. Right. Why did they not just do that? Why did they have to have Supergirl fly him up? Oh, because he said the thing earlier. to Give her something to do. We can't just have a sweet moment. We have to make it come back in some way. Like I just don't. It bugged the hell out of me for the middle of the movie. And it sucked because that was the Batman part. Yeah, that was the part I really enjoyed. And I didn't like Flash in those parts. mm, Now, Barry getting his own origin story. Very fun.
1: Yeah. So it was really like a twist on an origin story. It's kind of like we get we get to learn about Barry's origin story through Barry number two. And then we see hadn't it. gotten it. <laughs> exactly. Which I thought was actually kind of clever. I, I'm 50 50 with you. I actually think I said it earlier that I think the time from meeting Barry at the parents house, Barry number two, that is to when Supergirl enters at the prison that's my favorite part of that's my favorite stretch of the movie so i disagree because that is when barry lo- in in there barry loses mm-hmm. his powers or um did one of- but i agree him receiving them back was was just laughable lame. it was lame. and it was lame unearned bad like i actually because going into the movie i really didn't know i didn't realize barry was gonna lose his powers so when he, he did, did i was like oh this is interesting you know, I'm like, OK, there's something more going on here. And I was almost thinking, like, did marketing really turn us around? Is he ever going to get them back? Um, but no. So I, I guess I slightly disagree because I enjoyed Barry losing them initially. And for that stretch, because I enjoyed the whole um, I, I enjoyed the whole element of Barry having to mentor younger Barry, which is going to yes. add in some top plays later that I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And I enjoyed Barry. And I enjoyed when Barry had his powers lost for a second, and like trying to phase and trying to run, and it was hilarious. That that scene is that scene is wherever they were, like a bank or something. That scene is hilarious. (laughs) Now, uh, this last bit of bad popcorn I have is honestly going to be very quick because I've kind of like jumped around it a lot. Is okay. (laughs) The plot of the film completely falls apart in the third act. To me, there is there is a time in the movie I remember like talking, like whispering to Jasmine, like we're having fun, like, you know, and she's even saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of en- whatever. She's like enjoying it, basically. And and she liked she thought it was a cool idea having the two berries and thought it was a fun basically like this is the movie, you know, once it's them two, this is what the movie is. You know, this is kind of like they they did the whole Speed Force thing. They get to this point and we're going with Michael Keaton and doing this whole thing. Once it becomes the whole Zod and saving Supergirl and. Forcing in the whole like younger Barry trying to fix everything and going through the speed force and getting all of that. Holy shit! It it just I can't imagine anyone staying locked in during that because it gets so messy, convoluted, overly complicated, and just straight up bad. I thought that specifically the kind of world end battle scene with zod and them doing the whole like uh what's a good reference we've seen this before where they keep like rewinding time over and
0: over to kind of it's have you seen the family guy episode where stewie and brian go back to the first episode no okay so they do they break shit obviously um brian stops 9-11 that's what they do <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> and but they have a scene where they're like hey were you from the future but well, we got to come back and fix what you did and then another one pops in well hey were you from the further future and what you did is fine but what they do and all that that's exactly what this is
1: yeah and then like the random obsession the the third flash we talked about gets into and is live kind of forever like <laughs> it, it's just it gets so messy. Like everything I talked about earlier, like the, the humor, the fun humor, the fun little like journey we're going on with both berries for a while. It's all just mm-hmm. gone all of a sudden, and it becomes this mess. And that's why I think I get so upset about Supergirl because she to me represents pure pure mess in this film. You know where it's like, oh god, and she's pissed at Zod, and it's all this complicated bullshit. It's like, man, this is not even. We don't even have Superman in the movie, and it felt empty to me. I, I I'm so. I'm so glad we're over. It seems like Blue Beetle, Aquaman. Please do not reference Superman. I'm so tired of him being referenced and not actually seeing him. And even Black Adam, it's like we get him, but not really. That wasn't even real, you know. And it's Got like it a theme. Superman's saving the day over here. The laser beams and like you see the back of his head and like the little thing. It's like I don't want that. Nice. <laughs> I will say one <laughs> thing. This movie felt very the DCEU felt lived in. I think you mentioned kind of like this earlier, like it felt like there was actually a DCEU for a moment. And it's little moments like that, like the opening scene, the baby thing is weird, but that opening mission, I think overall is cool. You know, obviously, you know, Barry going on his own path and rewinding time for a moment there. It is kind of working. But once you get to the actual event of Zod taking over the world again and not being able to change it and like this world's destined to die, it just completely loses me. And and the plot becomes ridiculous. Um and, and takes away from those emotional beats at the very end. So exactly. There there's more, I think, to the plot that's even worse. And some of it does work. That's what's annoying about it. It just gets it loses itself, one, and it just goes the the movie tries to do too much. Mm-hmm. It needed to it needed to reel it in a little bit, and then maybe this movie would have been what everyone's mm-hmm. saying it is, but in reality it's not.
0: This is what I was referencing earlier when you were talking about that scene between Barry and his mom. I think well-acted. I do. I do. I think that is some of his best acting, even though it's just his voice. I can't get the comedic tone out of his voice for me for some reason. True. Um, Barry's, that is. Um, what's, this is going to be a comparison I think you're going to connect with a lot. This is like an episode of Bando 3 where we have this first uh, yeah. plot for the first third of the movie where it's about going back in time not changing too many things because that's dangerous and fixing one little thing. And then, Oh no, we've messed it all up. We can't change too much. You can't, you can't see me. This is bad. We can't talk to the parents. We need to go recreate this perfectly. So it doesn't change. We need to be very specific about what oh, Zod's here. Okay. Let's go change everything. Then let's stop this from happening completely. And change it changes into that. And then by the time evil flash comes back, it's not about saving his mom. It's not about changing the past. It's about saving Supergirl. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. Barry Barry is obsessed with saving that scene that wasn't even supposed to happen. Right. And that is completely different. And then at the very end, oh, let's just let's go back and save everything from mom. And you mentioned all that convoluted plot. And I think it is I think the the bad plot is doubled up by the fact. And this is where I'm going to disagree with something you said earlier. I don't think Barry learns anything because Mm. what does he do? He still changes something.
1: He still does. I know
0: that's what I was thinking. He still moves the tomatoes, Mm. which after everything you just saw, after all the terrible things you just put you and this other universe through, how can you possibly be like, well, surely this will work, right? And I understand it's not saving your mom. It's saving your dad. Why is that different? What did you learn? Oh, and by the way, George Clooney's Batman now. Like you did, you did break things still. It's, 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 it's it's the same, same problem I have with the Multiverse of Madness. You still did the bad thing. Yeah. What now? And I liked, I
1: liked the consistency though that it was George Clooney because he did change something. So there, he he didn't go back to his exact universe. So I did, I did at least like that consistency, but yeah, I agree. It's like, so I guess in a way there are still comp, consequences and i do think in a because you know they said they wrote a flash too based like a sequel to this movie reverse flash i'm sure is the villain of that film and maybe would have helped make these things connect you know in terms of him not learning or blah blah blah
0: it's just such a bummer that it's not about saving his mom it's about making sure his dad's still there when whoever comes and kills his mom doesn't it's not and and then it's not about either of those things it's about stopping Zod because you couldn't the first time something that's introduced in a flashback in the middle of this movie yeah and it's all that convoluted plot stuff that you talked about that plus a main character not learning a lesson not learning anything and and the thing that we were that he was trying to stop from happening still happens at the end yeah your dad's safe but Ben Affleck's no more like Like it's still a different conflict no more. (laughs) Like the 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 conflict, you know, from a nerdy ass fucking storytelling structure. The conflict of this movie is that he's in the wrong universe, right? Like that's where things go awry. I do like the whole, like, I came back to push you out to make sure that I existed. Why? To save Supergirl. Stupid. But the conflict of this movie is that he's in the wrong universe. At the end of the movie, he's still in the wrong universe. Nothing, nothing got fixed. Nothing's. And and I and I understand that's consequences, but like what are we supposed to take away from this movie now? You can't fix everything, not every problem has a solution. Barry doesn't know that. He didn't yeah. listen. He didn't listen yeah. to that emotional speech his mom gave him. And it sucks. Yeah. So anyway, the tomatoes. And then as far as you know, we've talked about them without talking about them. The uh universe colliding cameos at the end. Wild. Okay, so a couple Wild. of them. The the Nick Cage one I really enjoyed because Nick Cage that is one. hyper meta. Nick Cage one got
1: a freaking pop in my, and I was one of those.
0: Whoa, Nick Cage.
1: Like, yeah. cause that, that's a cool, the Superman lives reference. That's pretty cool. Like that meta. is a very, very meta, you know, a movie that never happened, but it's pretty iconic for like DC fans. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned kind of funny. I know kind of funny is Greg Miller tweeted something out. He's a big, he's a big DC fan, like giant. And he said something, he liked the flash. It seemed like, um I think based on Love his it. tweet, yeah, I and like it. because there was, I I think and if you are a big DC fan, I can kind of see that you know there is mm-hmm. a lot there's there's a lot there for it,
0: but these cameos and honestly the Michael Keaton of it all, it implies that you don't just need to be a DC EU fan. You need to watch all the DC stuff and know that Nick Cage, you know, was going to be Superman and there's a script and a photo release and all that stuff. And the Nick Old Cage one, I about it now. I think the, yeah, right. The Nick Cage <laughs> one I liked because it was so eight levels removed the christopher reeve one i did not like and i think and this necessarily isn't the flash's fault but we just saw across the spider-verse do this and use archival footage you know what i mean they they showed toby and andrew they showed the uncle ben's those actors now deceased uh, that actor martin sheen's still cooking but that actor who played uncle ben originally now deceased they they sh- they did this thing where like look at all the other Spider Man universes that idiot and Doctor Strange back in Earth nine 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 nine. This being the CGI AI Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater, icky to me. Mm. I just thought it was like the, you already show showed George Reeve, so I wasn't surprised when it was Christopher Reeve next. You know what I mean? Like like right. I think him him first could have been a pop with the theme and stuff. So that was a little icky. On especially when, oh look, it's Christopher Reeves and Adam West, and Adam Mick West. Cage and yeah. and George Reeve. not Henry Cavill though, not Grant Gustin though, no, not no not Grant Brandon Gustin Roth, movie, Surprising. not Tom Welling,
1: yeah,
0: not Christian Bale, not Val Kilmer, not like you hand picked the the most like the OGs who OGs. are now deceased. If you're gonna do it a little, do it all. Right, and it, it was just a bummer, and
1: CGI sucked. So CGI sucked. Um, I, that moment was just kind of like I said, it, this was like post when I had given up on the plot. Sure, and then I was just there having fun. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. Nick Cage, the Nick Cage thing got a pop. I had a lot of fun with that because I wasn't expecting it. I think it did leak, but I I didn't actually notice that. Um, and yeah, Christopher Reeve. I don't know that one was. I wasn't as turned off i guess as you were by it but it wasn't it didn't feel earned didn't feel necessary and it It wasn't earned kind of felt wasted in a way i think especially not that you would have him appear and say a superman legacy but the fact that movie is called superman legacy um i I think maybe i think maybe that that picks a little something away
0: yeah i do too you know maybe he wears round glasses this time and that's your christopher reed's nod like we don't have to ai recreate him no you know what i mean and and Back to something I said in my original thoughts, and that I promise we're gonna get to the top place. Um it's not clever. Like Across the Spider-Verse did it in saying that there are key what are they um canon moments. There are canon yes. moments in every Spider-Man's life, and it, and awesome. what they showed, how they showed it, Donald Glover, the archival footage, the different animated Spider-Man going through their own versions of all of that. Clever way to it's a clever way to put Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Verse movie. It's a clever way to put Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Verse movie. This was not clever. This was oh, we're in this multiverse area. Let's just show them all anyway. Like It's not earned. It's not clever. Therefore, I'm not into it.
1: And I do want to say one thing before we head into top plays, which I'm excited to talk about. Because there's many of them. Final bad popcorn, and especially wrapping up with this part with the world's colliding thing. Didn't you think they were all going to collide or something. And it was going to be like reset, like actually reset. I think we talked about it a little bit earlier. This, it didn't, this did nothing for the James Gunn DCU unless George Clooney's the Batman. This did nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe it will be George Clooney, but maybe it also won't be. And I think it'd be cool. Um, I just, I don't understand how they could market this or whatever. Say in interviews, This totally resets the DC universe to basically set up James Gunn, and it's like it kind of messes with the timeline more, but it doesn't reset anything. It doesn't. It doesn't give me a sense of hope. It gives me a sense of, geez, do I not want to go see Blue Beetle or Aquaman? I'm over Mm it. So that's kind of the last thing on that.
0: I think that, and and we're just gonna keep last sending the fuck out of this thing. We've talked about a lot of our top plays, so that's good. Um, But. But I think the spaghetti analogy is the most we're going to get out of this movie for the DCU. It put in anybody who watched this movie. And is, and by the way, not a lot of people watch this movie. Um, it put DCEU fans in the mindset of the multiverse. And the spaghetti analogy, I think, is what James Gunn is going to use in interviews moving forward. Yes, as I th- absolutely. I think if James Gunn had a hand in any of this, it was making sure the spaghetti analogy... Played out the way it did because in interviews moving forward, he can be like, Well, go back to the flash. Time's not parallel. There are certain things that happen in every timeline, but at the end of the day, they're all crisscrossed applesauce. And so what's the tomato sauce? He's done with the metaphor. The metaphor's over. So yeah. funny. And then yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the, and the metaphor was great. And and honestly, right after that, Jasmine looks at me and goes, DC's multiverse seems less complicated or is more easy to follow than Marvel.
0: Which well, I did think you notice the shot. What shot? Well, maybe you've seen a movie where they tell you that time splits like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally the ancient ones timeline with the branch.
1: Right. Maybe which you've
0: was... seen a movie. And I'm like, that's an in-game shot, and I loved it. I loved yeah. every
1: second of it. And I think Michael Keaton explains it really, really well. Really cool. Um, which I and I liked. It, it made it made a lot of sense. Obviously, it's just one movie and one scene explaining it, but compared to I think like Kang and the TVA and multi, like it's it's hard to keep up in Marvel in a way, mm-hmm. but DC is very simple. And but DC also isn't, isn't going to rely on it in the future. I hope that, sure, interviews like you said explain it, but I hope DC EU chapter one gods and monsters isn't multiversal at all. Um, right. but I do think when they come out with Joker 2, Batman mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. Elseworld stories, hey, yeah, it's possible, you know, like there are these things out there, but I'm hoping that because Marvel's such in the multiverse saga right now i hope the new dcu isn't multiversal at all and this was kind of dc's one little um go at it
0: right and the difference between marvel and dc is like i feel like marvel's giving us like a quarter of the puzzle in a bunch of different projects leading up to i mean avengers is multiverse so like they're gonna present it i think in a more clear and concise way at the end as opposed to dc i think doing it here now so on social media they could run this clip of the spaghetti over and over and over again and be like hey new universe here's this strand of spaghetti
1: right Going, I,
0: I do feel so like
1: fun. marvel has explained to me the multiverse multiple times in a way though like the tva has or like you know the the sacred timeline or like even um across spider verse even end game across mm-hmm. spider verse is a wonderful job of it i think across spider verse does it very very well um well, it's the same way exactly yeah, yeah the same way and then but Explaining like the sacred timeline, like Loki and all these things, it just gets complicated. That's all I'm saying, you know. Yeah, and and is, sure, though. they they can, yeah, like you said, they can maybe paint a more clear picture when we get when we see more of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, top plays, let's do it.
0: Top place. Uh, we talked about the bathflex suit, it's sick. We talked Beautiful. about the Wonder Woman cameo, that theme will never not be
1: awesome. The can I agree. I had to make a note on this though. Gal has now. Cameoed in three straight movies: Shazam, Fast and Furious, and The Flash. Come on, what man. is happening? Imagine all those calls. It's like, hey, Imag- can you
0: come in for one day? Yeah. Imagine her taxes. Yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I do want to say the lasso yeah, of ki- truth I kind of worked for these guys. So funny.
1: Lasso of truth with Barry was hilarious. He's yeah. like, I know what's what. He says, like, I know what sex is. I've never actually experienced it or something like that. Yeah,
0: I know what sex is, but I don't think I've ever experienced it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Uh, I talked about the clean apartment bit. I loved the awesome. Speedy Gonzalez thing. Like the whole scene of Barry's first run, you could talk about, but the bit of I know Speedy Gonzalez, I've done it a bunch of times. Like, <laughs> like, like the other Barry, as annoyed as he was, he understands the excitement because yeah. he was there. Yeah, he and- was that kid
1: exactly and him in him you know racing around that whole scene of him getting naked his hands yeah. or not his hands his um his uh clothing burning yeah. off and lighting things up and then coming back and like the look on his face the like the, mm-hmm. the glee um mm-hmm. i thought it was so good I-, I loved all of that and that's what i think worked in terms of like an origin story but like a quasi origin story where, like, we're getting mm-hmm. it we, literally like the flash in like super speed like super sped up right. you know it's like Oh, this is so much fun! But he gets this like mentor that's literally him that can make it kind of like really quick and kind of like get to the point, you know? He because Barry knows all these things; he doesn't have to work through these problems. He already has the, you know, the being the Flash for Dummies handbook right there in front of him.
0: Right, it's it's Looney Tunes to the point where a piano crashes to the ground. Yeah, (laughs) and when he when
1: he phases perfect when he phases through the the floor, and then later has the line of like Miss. Whatever her name is, I'm gonna have to like probably leave apartment. Probably
0: I, gonna have to move. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um,
1: that, that was great. Really Tell the
0: people about Eric Stoltz.
1: Oh my god. Okay, I'm sitting in the theater having a. I don't even. I, I was uncontrollably laughing and going crazy because the Eric Stoltz Back to the Future joke. It was made for me. It felt as if they made the whole bit for, like, curated perfectly towards my sense of humor because. I am a massive Back to the Future fan. I, I've read a wonderful book on the making of the Back to the Future trilogy. I know all about the backstory of how Eric Stoltz is going to be Marty McFly. And that being not only just a a, a small little joke, but them staying on it. Small. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, 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 no. That it wasn't a small little yeah, joke. Yeah, where yeah, it yeah. could have been, it could have been a mini little reference, like Kevin Bacon and Top Gun was. But it, they stuck on it. And he guys, the tattoo and everything and like going back, I'm pretty sure Michael J. Fox is I've seen it a hundred times. I loved it as a huge Back to the Future fan. And and I think it was a cool reference because the Flash in many ways, in many ways, Back to the Future set the really what's the way I'm like, it kind of it it started this whole blueprint. Yeah, the blueprint for time travel. It's referenced in Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Back to the Future 2 is across the Spider-Verse in many ways. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many similarities between those two movies, especially at the end um, and seeing the alternate universe and stuff like that. So it's really cool kind of getting that reference to that OG project and such a little niche insider reference, you know, that not everyone's Mm going to know. And the fact that I did and really like care about it, know about it so well, Jasmine was like, I was practically probably embarrassing her. I'm like, right.
0: they, they, they did it for my birthday. You know, I'm yeah. having
1: a great time. But uh, that yeah. was really funny. And, and the tattoo got me over the edge. I'm like, oh, my, you've got to be kidding me.
0: Marty McThigh. Well, it's not <laughs> your thigh. And it's upside down. Is it? Um,
1: That guy was great. Great
0: balls of fire. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <top guy>. So <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, that
1: whole scene was awesome. I love that scene. Those,
0: those three were great. They were horrible human beings at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. To Barry. Mean, mean, mean people. Um, they were great there um, the bat signal in the moon solid in the trailer just as cool in the movie I love when they do amazing that amazing shot when you make a trailer moment just as cool in the movie I always love it Guardians 3 the best example of that in my opinion um, with the hallway scene uh, I
1: would say also now nah, I'm gonna do my own thing is a really good one in recent nah. memory
0: oh, so good
1: because <laughs> the lead up to it's a much better there's a lot okay. more payoff in the moment yeah.
0: Is Michael B. Jordan a good actor? These are the questions. Um, Supergirl versus Zod. Um, I know you said you didn't like Supergirl. I think that one-on-one battle was very cool, and that's because I know the Superman story. I've seen Man of Steel. When when she says, "What did you do?" I know how much that means to her because right. I saw I saw the Krypton scene in the first thirty minutes of Man of Steel. You know what I mean? Like that is one of those you have to see that movie and remember. Zod you, that that's the thing Zod's technically the bad guy in this movie if you didn't see Man of Steel he's the most generic nothing character you've ever seen but because we know the backstory you gotta save Krypton I'm here to get the blood all that like when he says it's actually your blood we need if you've never seen Man of Steel what the hell does that mean right what the hell does that mean
1: and I hated that I hated, I hated how, how it's like I know we actually need your blood I'm like what right
0: that was, it was ridiculous but when Sasha did the Black Panther thing, uh, 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 Barnes is mine. I'm going after Zod. That that got me kind of hyped. I was right. like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, let's go, dude. Right. And and I liked their fight. I liked how angry she was. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think Michael Shannon was ever on a set?
1: Um, because he's in the mask set.
0: thing. He's in the mask thing the whole time. And you know, mm. Robert Downey Jr. did that in a booth. You know what I mean? Right. When when it was just his face. It was just Michael Shannon's face. They did not have to bring him in for this.
1: Mm, yeah. I think you might be right about that. Yeah. There
0: you go. Uh the spinning batwing. So cool. You mentioned the Star Fox. Such earlier. a cool
1: mechanism. Yeah. Sick.
0: And and also, weirdly, very nineties the way the way it worked that's what what was cool
1: about it you know i feel like it was like this blast from the past being Mm -hmm. plopped in modern day and that that part worked but um a lot of that other action scene i don't think did even even the berries working together wasn't as cool as it should have been
0: well i what is the barbie reference i don't get it
1: it was kind of fun but i didn't really yeah
0: but like he has different slimes barbie instead of dope he says beef or something like that yeah why Why would be- Old Barry just assume this super random one-hit wonder song is also in this universe? I don't get that at all.
1: It was supposed to be funny or like fun, but... I it, didn't it,
0: find it either. <laughs> 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 um, you, you I just said imagine Blast... cringing,
1: cringing yeah. the theater with like, let's go Barbie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Blast from the Past, and this is where...
1: This got a this got a big cheer, another big cheer in my theater.
0: Before we get into who it is, one of the greatest uses of one f word in um, a PG thirteen yes. movie. Who the yes. fuck is this? No, no, it's who the fuck is this now? Yeah. Loved every second of it. Um, that was that was their best acting in this movie. The George Clooney thing is not clever. The George Clooney thing is not earned. The George Clooney thing is not like some holy shit. You know, like, I can't like, you know, this is amazing for the DC universe thing. It was the last thing I thought they would ever do. And I loved every single second of it.
1: Yeah, I, I I thought it was, it was, it was the, it was
0: the post-credit scene that we
1: didn't actually get, you sure. know, that's what was so cool.
0: I I, I kind of like that. I yeah. like that. We're, I like that. We're diving back into one post-credit scene in movies.
1: True. Yeah. yeah I I wish we almost didn't have any in this movie. It didn't, it was really <laughs> pointless. So he yes. looked so good. George Clooney. He looked so good. He could be Batman I, I, again. I mean, like he, could, <laughs> he, could, he could he could be the new Batman once again. Yeah, I feel, um, like, I feel like that could be the case. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I feel like James Gunn wouldn't rule it out because if they are casting another Batman, you know, you could you could go back to the well a little bit here in so. any post spaghetti world you can explain why your, not you can explain away it you know
0: i he was always a great bruce wayne he was always a great bruce wayne those right. movies suck but he mm-hmm. was he was a bad batman but i think that's because the movie sucked you i hope I it's mean?
1: john ham sitting back right now i think really? i could i would love to see him with like the punk kid damien i think that would play
0: really well I'm Team Clooney, man. Is wait, wait—is wait, this uh, John Ham from Top Gun? Because like, yeah, that would work. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just that John Ham. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, give him
1: like some. I, I obviously, the look. Big. To, beard. big beard. Yeah, give him like some grizzle. Um, give him a whole bat family. I just totally see it, man. I totally see it.
0: Give me Clooney. I like Clooney. I think
1: Clooney would be cool. He's I already
0: done the bat family thing. He's already got two. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Jesus. Yeah, he does have two, doesn't he?
0: We have a breaking MCU story as we get to David. Tell me um, how bad this movie was at the box office.
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm going to keep this brief because we're going long today. But The Flash is a flop. Um, It's setting back, I would say, Warner Brothers and DC. Um, Mainly because there was so much anticipation, propaganda. um, Unnatural hype, I would say artificial hype for this movie um and embarrassing hype at this point um the whole we've mentioned it several times it's, it's such a joke now the, the the tom cruise of it all the stephen king of it all the whomever else of it all I'm um no no one cares about this movie um i don't think it's it's not obviously i don't think it's not playing like a no way home Batman style, you know, Mm -hmm. like not at all. We're not really seeing those. We're not really seeing people coming out to theater to see Michael Keaton. I don't think people, I think maybe, maybe that's generation too late. Unlike say a a Toby and Andrew. And even then it's totally different. It's just totally different. It's not that I honestly, Ezra Miller is a big part of it. Um, Just not even being able to promote your main movie star and people just, I think what I'm, What I think personally is that um, more specifically, DC, especially if you know they're resetting it with James Gunn, DC is such a, you can miss a DC movie. It doesn't matter. Unlike our Marvel, sometimes with fans, they feel like they can't miss a movie. Maybe we'll miss She-Hulk. Maybe I didn't watch Moon Knight, but I'm not going to miss a movie. DC right now, and this is a totally skippable film. I would not that for someone who's like excited about Superman legacy, let's say, Hey, do I need to watch the new flash movie to understand? Like here's what's wrong with the movie. In my opinion, at the very small minute, like just, just what they promised us. Do I need to watch the flash in order to understand Superman legacy or the new DCU? No, the fact, the answer is a no with a period at the end is a failure because mm-hmm. at they reworked this movie 15 times and they couldn't give me an ending that makes me feel like, oh, that was kind of worth it. Like I now like that was cool. That was a reset point. And they really called it. They showed like a, this is a resetting point. It's on the slate. Yeah. Reset I, point. And I, I'm not sure if that was a an official slate or someone came up with that slate, but they said it and then I someone, made
0: this slate. I'm the villain.
1: And someone put it on the slate. So but they, they said that, though, they said it was a universe reset point. And the problem with DC right now, I don't know what they do with Blue Beetle and Aquaman. Because you can't just keep doing this. Black Adam, Shazam, Flash are all going to probably lose the studio money. Overall, this movie is definitely going to lose the studio money. Um, because this one was the most expensive. Um, they had they put in a lot of marketing dollars into the movie. There's a lot of for it. But people just don't care right now about DC. Um, they don't trust it. It's not getting their money. Um, and I don't think anyone was really rallying behind this movie like they tried to. And for me, sitting here right now, they're doing damage to the brand. Um, that's, that's at least what I think. And I didn't even hate the movie. I just think they're damaging the brand. And I think Blue Beetle and Aquaman could damage it even more. And if Superman Legacy tr- is the movie we all want it to be and to pull DC out of the ashes... They can't just keep burying themselves. And I think that goes back to what are they going to do with Blue Beetle and Aquaman? Because is it really smart to put them in theaters exclusively? Right now, I would say I don't know. Because headlines like this, it's just not a good look, man. It's really not a good look. Like mm-hmm. Blue Beetle bombing, it's it's a low, it's a lower budget. It's more of a low risk, but you can't, especially if it's mediocre, Aquaman's gonna be mediocre. You already know. Um These movies that are all mid, as people like say, keep putting them out in theaters. It's only going to damage the brand and people are not interested yet. And I say yet because I'm hoping James Gunn can pull it back. But unless it's Batman, who is by far and away the most valuable DC character, I would say that Batman is more valuable than almost like the rest of DC combined. That's how valuable the character and his other characters are. Look at the Joker movie.
0: You just said something that Sparked for me. Batman is their most valuable asset. It's proven in the Batman. It's proven in the Joker, like you said. This movie, for all intents and purposes, because Ezra Miller was or was not able to be a part of it as much as they should, was marketed as a Batman movie. Right. You look at the logo for this movie, it is a Batman logo. You look at the poster, the biggest character, the biggest iconography, Batman. And it has made $55 million opening weekend. They have proven with this movie that DC has buried itself already to a point where Batman cannot guarantee box office dollars anymore. It can't. This was marketed as a Michael Keaton Batman movie because Ezra Miller couldn't be as upfront. Call that you know their fault or not. It's not. their being Warner Brothers Studio, it is Ezra Miller's fault. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. definitely their yes. fault. But... um. They had to market this as a Batman movie. They did. And I'm sure the idea was, well, if we lean into the Batman stuff, at least people will show up. They didn't No, Batman is no longer a safe bet. Like, I understand Matt Reeves. The Batman is I get that. Yeah. But in this and in, in you look at Blue Beetle, even what's the last little stinger clip on the Blue Beetle trailer? It's kind of like Batman stuff. Batman's a fascist. Batman, Batman, Batman.
1: I, Batman I wanna... couldn't
0: save this movie.
1: Yeah, and I want to say one other thing. I think Batman couldn't save the movie. I agree. And you know what they couldn't save it from? Beyond Ezra Miller, beyond everything else, the DCEU. Absolutely. And the fact that there are two more, d they are not DCEU films. I don't care what anyone says. Blue Beetle and Aquaman are DCEU movies. I don't know what I would do if I were them. Because you cannot keep tarnishing the brand. This movie is going to be controversial. People hate the movie. Some people like it a lot. Whatever. That people aren't seeing it. And no one's seeing the movie. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah, beyond everything else, no one's seeing the movie because why would they in a way? You know, it's like there's not, like I said earlier, it's a skippable film. It's not like Marvel where everything's adding up and one day DC might get there. <laughs> but if I were them, I would be looking hard at that exclusive theater release for Blue Beetle, especially and Aquaman. Because Aquaman's going to suck. I'll tell you that right now. Aquaman is not going to be good. Blue Beetle might be fun. But are people going to go see Blue Beetle? No, I don't know. It's, no, it's no. So sad. You almost don't even want to you, you, you genuinely almost. If I was Warner Brothers, wouldn't even almost wouldn't even want to market it as a DC film in a way, because I think it's turning people away. I think it's like, yes. oh, DC, like, I don't want to like, I don't like that universe. And that is a really, really bad situation, especially from a studio, a company that DC is one of their most What's valuable that, pieces of IP. And in some ways it works. Batman, Joker, right? All these other these other these now these Elseworld stories. Spaghetti. Massive hits. Um, but the DCEU is a is a cosmic failure. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what James Gunn can do. But I, I wish personally that we had no more that this was it until Superman Legacy. Same. Time to breathe, Same. time to relax. People can kind of, you know, get back into the flow of things. A year or six months out of the out of June, whatever it is, seventeenth, we get a a banging Superman Legacy trailer, and we're back. You know, and everyone knows this is brand new, and it's from James Gunn.
0: You looking at your phone?
1: I am looking at my phone. Yes, Craven.
0: Do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> next week ladies and gentlemen we will be breaking down the new craven trailer that has just released but i need to go get lunch with my wife therefore yes. we will not be doing it this week maybe we do it with secret invasion
1: maybe maybe, maybe we tag it with secret invasion because we'll be back in a couple of days
0: so we are here ladies and gentlemen that was the flash um review we didn't like it very much actually you know what you know what's fucked up we kind of did like this movie you know, what I mean, we did. found it fun. We talked about a lot of great things in this movie, but our friends who don't do this podcast are going to ask us, hey, do I need to go say see the flash? And we will definitively say no. No, we will definitively say no. And that's the problem. That's that yeah. word of mouth thing we were talking about. Like it's up. They couldn't get the nerdiest of nerds to buy into this being the reset point, that being us and Seemingly everybody else, um, except for the wonderful people, are kind of funny. Shots and Gettys, we're gonna get you back on here. We'll we'll do his wreck debate. <laughs> 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 um, but that they couldn't get us, and Batman couldn't even save the movie. As the Ezra Miller stuff is, it's on the list of the reasons this movie failed. But it's Black Adam's fault. It's Shazam's fault. It's the announcement of James Gunn a year ago's fault, or whenever it was earlier this year. It's that fault. It's it's everything. Um,
1: yeah, and there's week, just there's just but, no rallying behind the movie. U- unlike an across the Spider Verse we talked about earlier, so much rallying behind that movie right. and excitement for it. And and I think too, moviegoer wise, ca- casual fans. I just saw Guardians. I maybe just saw Across the Spider Verse. Uh, I'm I'll, good. I'll skip, I'll skip the Flash. You know, I'll it, chill. It, it kind of looks complicated maybe multiverse isn't really a positive thing you know for people it's like yeah that's kind of a tired this, this idea This doesn't help yeah exactly <laughs> this does not help no but but then again last not week everyone's <laughs> even seeing it you know not yeah. a lot of people are even seeing it so right. this is this won't even be added on to people's viewing library of oh that other multiverse movie because I, I didn't even see the flash you know and right i don't know
0: well ladies and gentlemen uh We'll be back this week, Wednesday, reviewing episode one of Secret Invasion and probably talking about the new Craven trailer. Um, the new Craven trailer just came out. We are about to go watch it. So we will talk about it at the beginning of the show on Wednesday. Check it out. We're going to record um, noon Eastern. We're going to have it out that afternoon. So yep. keep an eye out. Secret Invasion. We're back to, to twice a week starting this week. We're very excited. Congratulations to David Thompson and his new wife. Congratulations on your new role. We're very Thank excited you. about the future moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Direct Podcast. and Until then, we'll see you next time.